And now, introducing the man who's been attempting to get ahead of the curve in terms of his children's interest in fads, as he plans to go to the hairdresser later this week and ask to, quote, give me the full K-pop makeover, unquote, as he spends late nights practicing complicated choreography routines. After seeing the backlash Travis Kelsey faced on social media after inexplicably deciding to shave his beard, he thanked the heavens for never giving him the necessary amounts of testosterone to grow any more facial hair than the lead singer of Smash Mouth. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. We are we are here. I'm back. Thanks to uh, Kyle and the pa- uh, Zach for helping out yesterday as I was down in uh, Georgia celebrating the life of my grandfather. I appreciate everybody's kind words. Um, just a uh, a remarkable man, a remarkable life that he lived, and it was uh, good to be down there with my family. Great to be back with you guys as we are moving full steam ahead towards football season. And with that in mind, coming up on the program today, we are going to make the announcement that we have been teasing. We have um, a new show that is coming your way and live events that will be happening Coming up here in a few weeks, they will get underway, and our friend Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia has been very involved in making this happen, so he's going to join us here in a little bit to uh, tell us more about it. We still, for what it's worth, we don't have, we know the, the important details that you need to know we've got, but like, there are still some more details that need to be hammered out, some because of COVID, um, and some because of programming that we will work through, but the parts that you'll need to know... Uh, we will be able to tell you about today. I'm looking forward to that. It is a big deal. We're excited about it, and uh, it's going to be a pretty major, significant thing for both programming and for uh, you guys as fans to have the chance to uh, be out with a uh, significant Baltimore football player. Basically, all we're doing is telling you who it is. We've kind of given you everything else to this point. We're just telling you who it is. Well, you're saying what you're wearing that. also. Um, no. For one of the events. No, well, okay. The stilettos. Yeah, right. Well, sure, but you don't buy them. To have yeah. them sit in the closet for, That's fair. for all this long. Uh, also this morning, we're going to catch up with Steve Suter, um, uh, one of the most electrifying players in Maryland football history, maybe one of the fastest players in Maryland football history. I don't know if you're allowed to say it or not. He's definitely the fastest white player in Maryland football history. If you're not allowed to say it, I said it anyway. And Too late. We'll see what happens from there. I'm not really sure what we that means. We just got off the air. Yeah, it's the way it goes. <laughs> the program director is going to walk in any minute now and say it's over. Um so I'm, I'm, we're going to check in with him. He is uh, coming back. I just bumped into him a couple weeks ago down at Mike Loxley's house. He's going to be the uh, radio color analyst for Maryland football this season. Looking forward to chatting with him. And uh, then later on in the program, speaking of uh, broadcast, the play-by-play voice of the Bowie Bay Sox, Paul Fritchner. Moving and shaking over there. A lot going on. Uh, I just saw this morning that Stevie Wilkerson was fully let go by the Orioles. Well, let's cancel the interview. I don't – I don't. I mean, I don't think it's related. Um, I, I love – you know, Stevie Wilkerson is one of those guys that you inexplicably sure. rooted for. Like, there's no real reason why you rooted for Stevie Wilkerson. Maybe a better pitcher than position player. Maybe, although like that catch he made in Boston, I'll yeah, never moments. forget about. Um, a walk off or two, right? Maybe <laughs> I don't really remember, but it's what it is. Um, so it's his fault that we were picking after the Red Sox. Yeah, that son of a. What was it? Was it last year? Or was it the year before? I thought it was the year before. Kind of blur together, don't they? They do. They really. Yeah. Do. Maybe it was last year. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't remember. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Because we also, felt positive. For what it's about worth, I also don't remember if they won the game or not. Because who would possibly remember if they won the game? Come on, man. Well, the walk-offs, generally, for a win. I, I, 
Well, if it was a walk-off, yeah, I was talking about the catch in Boston. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I have no idea if they won the game or not. You know, Google Could not knows. possibly tell you. Uh, they might. They might remember that. There might have been a walk-off against the Angels. Or was that the game he pitched? He pitched against the Angels. He did a lot over here, you know? I know, but I think the game he pitched was he against save. the Angels. Yeah. Right. That, I yeah. think that was against the Angels. If I remember. I don't want to say it was a West Coast game. It was on, you know, like 2 a.m., that type of deal. And that was the night that he pitched against yes. the Angels. I don't remember. I don't remember any walk-offs. If there was a walk-off, well, he did walk off the field after the save. Might have, might very well have. He also might have been carted off. You can't say for sure. You certainly don't remember. That. Um. Anyway, we'll talk to uh, Paul Frischner about some of the, uh, the the last couple of days. The uh, the system being ranked number two by Baseball America. I'm going number to guess one by that, Fangraphs. Yeah, I'm going to guess that Keith Law probably won't have it ranked as high. And I, by the way, there is no correct answer to any of this. Adley Rutschman gets the bump up to Norfolk. A couple other guys get moved around. We'll talk about all that. More than a couple. Yeah, a bunch of guys. Yes, correct. Um, all right, so now, all that out of the way, I tell you that today's show is also brought to you by the BMW Championship. We are just nine days out from the first round of the BMW Championship. It's not even that long till like you can go out to caves and watch golfers because you can be out there for practice rounds. During the course of the next week, the top 70 golfers, that, that will be determined this weekend is the first weekend of the playoffs in golf. The uh, Northern Trust is the event, and that will whittle the field down to the top 70 golfers on the PGA Tour who will be here next week at Caves Valley for the BMW Championship. You're going to want to be there. I promise you, you're going to want to be there. Secure your tickets right now by going to bmwchampionship.com so you can be there for the BMW Championship, which is a major event. It is a very significant thing for our community, and you're going to want to be a part of it. I think I'm going to just miss the cut. You're, you don't think you're going to get into the top 70? I've been working, but I just don't know. A lot of, I mean, Short game suffering. It's not, not with that attitude, you're yeah. not. I mean, I know that much. You're not getting in if you don't believe in yourself. That's true. I would work on that now, that's and true. then you never it's know what might happen. The only difference between me and the top that's 70 it. golfers that's, that's is the belief. I've said that for some time. Yeah. I've said that's the case. Okay, so uh, a couple of things. One, uh, who said we weren't going to have meaningful September baseball here in Baltimore? We're fighting. Tied in the win column. We're fighting. God bless. Diamondbacks took three of four against the Padres. What was that all about? Yeah, well, they threw, a, they threw an effing no-hitter. A uh, guy you've never heard of threw a no-hitter in the process. Gilbert. Yeah, uh, Pete Gilbert's son, Tyler. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I had no idea. I wish he would have mentioned at some point. Is that there. the most it's embarrassing like, no-hitter ever? It's got to be up there. <laughs> I mean, I think some of the no-hitters involved like eight walks are probably pretty embarrassing. But for the Padres, a respectable oh, yeah. roster. Well, I mean, for Tatis didn't play. Even still. They've There's got some, some hitters on that on team. Them, no, no, no debating <laughs> that. There's no debating that whatsoever. It they was traded not, for Trey Turner. Also. Yeah, it was not. Gr- what? Well, the they tried Dodgers, to. Uh, they, yeah, they the Dodgers close. got him. The yeah. Padres did Those not. Those two teams sort of meld together Trey in my Turner. mind. They, they, we thought they had Max Scherzer, but then all of a sudden. Don't touch Max Scherzer's butt. Yeah, that's a fact. He gets very angry about you going for his butt. Um, so anyway, yeah, the Diamondbacks, 38 wins. The Orioles, also 38 wins. We are right in the thick of this thing. Made now, up a game in the loss column last night well, the, as well. The loss column, that's not the part. Hey. 
The loss column is what matters for the good teams. We care about the win column. Well, we made up a game. You assume you assume the two back and you're going to lose the games that you the extra games that you have. I get it. The but good you can't, teams you, you can't, assume that you have to. It's you know, controlling the Orioles. Your you can nearly write it in Sharpie. You can't guarantee it's going to be the case. No, it's the same thing when you do this on the other side, Kyle. But you don't report it that way. And when when there's good teams that are fighting and they've played a different number of games. Yeah. The number that matters is what you are in the loss column because you control your own destiny the I other get way. That. You assume but they're still trying to win, win. The differences in games. We Who? Think. Who? Who's trying I think to win? Both teams, maybe. Uh, did you hear Matt Harvey last night? Well, he. I'm not so sure. I'm not certain of it. You didn't hear Matt Harvey? What was the quote? Oh, uh, hang on, I'll pull it up. Did he say we're trying to lose? No, he didn't say we're trying to lose. That's not what he said. <laughs> They keep calling fastball middle, <laughs> middle, <laughs> middle. <laughs> Matt Harvey, what did he, what did he say? Uh, here we go, Matt Harvey. Uh, quote, they're obviously a good team and put together good at bats, unquote. Or, quote, never mind. This is just because I'm reading it a certain way. It's a tough lineup. You've got to be strong. You've got to keep them off balance, really execute your pitch. Uh, get to the part. that That's not the part. All right, here we go. Okay. It's obviously tough. No one wants to go out there and continuously lose. It's tough. I've been on losing teams. But nothing like this. But that's not saying we're trying to lose. I know he's not saying we're trying to lose. He's but still I think trying it's, to get paid. No, I think it's a testament. Who do you think is going to pay him? If he had been pitching the way he did after the All-Star break through the half, second that, half of the impossible. year. But that's impossible. That was never going to he happen. He had like a one six seven ERA I, in his last like five starts, starts before right. Five, Stop. Glenn. Thank five. You, thank you. It was never going to happen for a long enough stretch that it was going to matter. No one's paying Matt Harvey. The Orioles might. No. They might give him another flyer exactly. because somebody's got a pitch. He might have earned an extra million uh, it might be like two hundred thousand, whatever the veteran minimum is he might get no. that he's not getting a million a million dollars for matt harvey is not happening Bet that's not a thing what, do you, what does that even mean i don't know <laughs> okay i tell you what if matt harvey gets a million dollars or does not get a million dollars to pitch next season what are you going to do cry mostly no what are you going to do you just said you bet what are you going to do if matt harvey does not get a million dollars to pitch cry that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me i'll rub cut onions on my eyes and cry that we're talking Put it down. Put it in the book. We don't have the book anymore. The book. There's no space in the book. I mean, you can find That's space. Not even how write we it do on it the front of the book. Well, I, write it somewhere. <laughs> and tattoo it on your forehead. Right, do whatever deal. we got to do. We'll do it, it that make way. sure people remember I want a prison it. tattoo, though. I'm fine with that. We got to get. Who do we know that can help? Plenty. All right. Fair enough. Call one of them. Call Slim. We'll get that. Uh, we'll get that going. So the Orioles are tied in the win column. They they have two fewer games played than the Diamondbacks, so if you assume that they lose both of those games, and I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I think that's a pretty safe assumption, then they would be tied with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't know when. They I would say they're overdue for a win. Who the Orioles? Yeah. Maybe they're overdue for allowing fewer than nine runs. Well, you know, let's not go saying crazy things. Let's not just Did go. John out Means there. pitched some. They had a game this weekend where they didn't allow nine runs. Six. Yeah, they allowed 16 correct. in the one before. So, well, I mean, you are you talking about averages? Yeah. We're not talking about averages. You said they're doing. John for Means a game. pitches at some point, right? Does he? Doesn't he? Nah, he's pitching tonight. In yeah. Uh oh. Could be in trouble. Could that John be. Means yeah, business bottle has pretty cool, though. Okay, so you seen it? I have, but what is what does that do? Pretty cool. Great. Can we what, not are you, just what are you, Miley Cyrus? I guess that's pretty cool. Cooler than Miley it's Cyrus. It's pretty cool. Um, I got nothing else to say. I mean, I, look, the Orioles, 
whether or not Elijah Green ends up even being the number one pick or the the type of number one pick that some people would like to tell you it is, he is, I have no idea. There's a lot of people that don't feel that way about him whatsoever. Well, and it's as better we to have about, more money to spend on your players. All of it, it does not matter. It, it's always better to have the the higher pick. It's always better whether there is that guy available or not. Have the number one pick if you're going to have if you're going to be a bad baseball team. If you're going to be a bad baseball team. Be as bad a baseball team as you can be. I know there was more fallout from, you know, we talked about the Buster Olney thing last Friday when I was here, and there was more of that scuttlebutt because the Orioles continue to be bad. Brittany Giroli was tweeting some things. Even though she tweeted like three years prior, strip it to the studs. Like there was somebody who pulled up their seats, and she was like, it's nice to see them doing what they need to do, blah, 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 blah. Now suddenly there's been a change of heart. And 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 John Mioli wrote something about it in the Baltimore Sun, too. It's, It's like this weird bit where oh boy I, I loathe to make this comparison i don't i don't want to do this at all i right, think about this for a second think about this glenn be careful tread <sighs> carefully i am an i want to make this very clear i'm an idiot okay i have no idea what i'm talking about yes. when it comes to the situation in afghanistan right now oh. no clue none i don't know i have no idea right i want to make that very clear i'm a dope and i'm smart enough to say that and just not say something stupid but there are an awful lot of people that seem to have been screaming about we shouldn't be in Afghanistan anymore that suddenly when we leave Afghanistan are very angry, right? Like, they're very angry. And they don't really know what they're trying to say. They just know that the images don't look good. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they don't. Let me make that very clear. It looks awful. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just don't... They, like, they're saying this is what you're supposed to do, but when it's done, it wasn't what you were supposed to do. Because, again, we're all stupid we're big stupids that have opinions about things that we don't understand and we don't know and we can't comprehend and so we say certain things and then when they go a certain way we suddenly say well that wasn't what was supposed to happen despite the fact that's literally what we said we wanted uh, a little while before mm-hmm. and there's plenty of gray area make this, and all of that make yes. this let me make this massive statement you're an idiot one i am an idiot two baseball is in no way is com- comparable to the situation in Afghanistan. I think that goes without saying. I want to make that abundantly clear. There is no comparison between baseball and the situation in Afghanistan. It's more the, we didn't think it would be this bad thing. Which is also silly. Which is really weird. Yeah. Which is really strange. Mm-hmm. That part of it, what I, I don't understand what you're trying to say. Like, What did you think it was going to look like? And what is the point of it not looking like this? Yeah. That, that's the part that I'm missing. Do you think that when I hear people say, that, I can't believe the Orioles didn't get one competent pitcher. If they got one competent pitcher, they, they might have won five games, more games. Right. Why would they have wanted to do that? Mm-hmm. Maybe if they were to, to develop a competent pitcher, it would feel a little differently. If it Maybe. turned out that Bruce Zimmerman or Zach Lowther or Alex Wells. But there was no reason to think those guys were. Like, but that's the what I kept point. Going back is to. You have the opportunity to figure it out and determine that they're not. right? Like, I mean, go through it. By all means, go go see. Like, let those guys do it. But there was no reason to think that they were going to be any good. Once upon a time, there was no reason to think John Means would be any good. That's fine. You can always accidentally, you know, for a second, people thought that Spencer Watkins was accidentally was. running into being good. Cy Young winner. No, probably not. Probably going to fall a bit short. Probably going to fall just slightly yeah, short. Right. Harvey's making anymore. a late push. It's a good point. You can't you can't rule him out. Um this is what it was going to be and there was a reason why it was going to be this. It's the point. I I had this conversation I, I do these regular hits down in Kansas City with my buddy Soren Petro. Yeah, 
They talk and baseball down there? Every, I mean, they talk everything down there. It's all over the place. So we were having our conversation yesterday. We were having our conversation. Oh, yeah, time for them, but not us, huh? Uh, it was yesterday afternoon after I got off my plane. Uh-huh. After I got off my plane, I did a hit with him. In fact, I, as I was on the plane, I got the text. And I was like, hey, uh, I just got off the plane if you still need me. And they were like, yeah. Or as the kids say, I just touched down, you know? Yeah, I didn't say that. I'm not a kid. So um, I, I do this hit in Kansas City. And and his question was, you know, how how are, you know, we, we see what the national media is saying. How are the fans handling it? And I was like, it's well, it's mostly apathy. You know what I mean? Like, it's more apathy than anything else. We're not in tune. The The ardent Orioles fans are still defensive, but it's more apathy than anything else. It's wake me up when when September this thing, comes. yeah, wake me up when September ends, is what they say. Same thing. Um, not exactly. Wake me up when anyway. So kind of applies here. It kind of well, except for the fact that I don't think anybody really is going to care when September ends. Well, the Orioles fans will stop suffering. That's true. It's going to take. They it's play wake, a couple in October, don't they? I don't know. I genuinely don't know when the season ends this year. Why would I be paying attention to that, Kyle? Baseball, the, Glenn. Thank you. Appreciate it. So the the point is that. When the real players start getting here, then it becomes more of a judgment if Adley Rutschman is on this team next year, the way that we think that he is going to be after the first you know, 40 days or whatever the number has to be. If Adley Rutschman is on this team, and then in the following year, at whatever timeline, D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez arrive, and the team continues to be this awful... Then there's going to be more anger. Then mm-hmm. it's going to get dark. Then well, things the, will the get... The clock is ticking. What do you mean? The clock is ticking at that point. When another Rutschman gets called up, you, you well, set that I, six-year I, clock and say, oh, okay, this his is clock. what we have. Sure, yeah, like, this is where we're uh, working I mean, with. If you're, not gonna, right, if, you're not, if you're not going to keep him around long well, term. Hopefully we prove the, that's not the case. But the, the problem, there is an amount of dissonance involved in saying this is still largely not the Orioles. That's what I said all year long. It's why it didn't hurt me to watch them lose. These are placeholders. These are guys that are here wearing a jersey until the real players are here. But when the real four guys, maybe, maybe, that's I have no idea if those guys. There's not saying there aren't good players. I'm saying the four guys that people care about, and they care about them this year. But we still don't know if they're actually going to be part of a good Orioles team or not. Like, and that's the context that matters. I can say I like Trey Mancini because I like Trey Mancini, but I have no idea if Trey Mancini is going to be a part of this thing or not. I have no idea if John Means is going to be a Look, part Mancini, of this thing. Mancini, Mullins, Mountcastle, Matt Harvey. Like right, those. correct. The, the ones, the, the significant right. ones, the ones that really matter. Uh, when the guys... Actually, they're all M names. Mancini, Mullins, Mountcastle. Means. Yeah, that's true. They are all M's. What does it mean? It's like Messina McDonald back in the day. What does it mean? Don't I don't think it means anything for what it's worth. It's like the fact that my my three my two male cousins and I all married left handers. Hmm. Go figure. I don't know. What is it what does it say suspicious. about us? Don't know. Don't know. Couldn't possibly tell you. Uh it is suspicious. Yeah. I, and I said that. I'm like, do we, do we not think this is weird? Do we not think there's And yet none of your something? kids are lefties? No, I don't think so. I got to double check on Can't that. Can't you force that sort of like the yeah? Just say Billy hey, Wagner tie sort of thing, tie you know? tie uh, an arm behind your back, right. like you're going to do this until you figure it mm-hmm. out, type of thing. I, we could, but I'm not. Your one kid doesn't throw well enough right-handed to make it. Seem great like point. You shouldn't be a great point. We maybe we should start thinking <laughs> about it. Great point. But this is the reality that we're dealing with: is that it, it's not going to matter until the players get here. Once the players get here, if it continues to be miserable, if those players do not pan out. Then it's then it's panic at the disco. 
then exclamation point. Then Brandon Yuri is going to show up and start dancing around like an idiot. Like it's well, yeah, going it still to be, might happen if they do. Yeah, it, I don't. Know. I don't know enough about the man, so I couldn't speak to it. Is that's that his name, Brandon Yuri? Well, you know, I don't know. I think it's his name. I think it is Brandon Lurie, Isn't it? I don't it? think so. I think it's isn't Brandon somebody Lurie. In, who am I thinking of? Confusing it with somebody, Gene Lurie. Who's the guy that's the GM or something like that? There was a Lurie who was in sports. Jeffrey Loria. Is that who it is? Yeah, who was the owner? He was the owner. Jeffrey Lurie. Maybe it was Lurie. L U R I E. Yeah, I think that's right. Jeffrey Lurie was the owner of the. Is is the owner of the Eagles, if I remember correctly? Yeah, I believe that's what it is. Don't know why we're doing that, but yeah, we, uh, can. we, we got did. We got through that portion of the program. I'm not, you know, I continue to be not worked up by it. It continues to not bother me. I know the Orioles are bad. They're really bad. They're really, really bad. But it doesn't help to be eight games better than this. Being any better without being good is of no help whatsoever. If you're gonna be bad, be bad. That's sports. And I get it. You don't have to like that. But there is nothing. This world in which we, they're not supposed to be this bad. No, this is what they're supposed to be until you're ready. Once you're ready, that's a different conversation. But until you are this, well, no American League team has ever lost more than 100 games in three. That's what you're supposed to do. I know that's. That's not fun. I tried explaining to you guys how much that's not fun when we started this process. Also, didn't the Astros lose? They were not technically in the American League for all of those years. They started nice. the National League and then moved to the American League as part of the process. This is the way it goes when you do this. You're really bad. Unbelievably bad. And you hopefully stockpile talent that can change that in the coming years. We'll find out if the Orioles have done that. I don't know. I am nowhere near as confident as some people want to be. I, I have no idea if this thing is ever going to work. But this is the way the system works for sure. Today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation. They are all August long celebrating their 15th anniversary, and they've got quite the hookup for you. All customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free or buy two windows and get two free. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Once upon a time, uh, my father and I drove to Jacksonville, Florida on New Year's Day to watch Maryland play West Virginia in the Gator Bowl and watch this man electrify us with his skill set as both a receiver and a returner, one of the most talented and certainly one of the fastest players we have ever seen at the University of Maryland. He's back. He's going to be working the radio broadcast this season alongside the great Johnny Holiday for Maryland football. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program the great Stevie Souter, who joins us now here on GCR. Steve, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. You're welcome. You're welcome. You did a great job in the intro. I could have listened to three more minutes of that. Dude, I had I mean, <laughs> the joy that you gave me when we, you know, it's, it's a long drive to Jacksonville, Florida on New Year's Day, by the way. It's not a it's not a pleasant drive. I was a college student at the time. My father, right. We had gone to the, uh, the Peach Bowl the year before. My father was like, well, hell, why don't we go down to the Gator Bowl, too? I'm like, you know what, man, you're right. Uh, you made it worthwhile, dude. You made it worthwhile, that trip down there. What a day that was. Yeah, and I never get tired of talking or hearing stories about that game for sure. It's one of the fonder memories that I have at Maryland being with the team. We we drove down there myself as well as me, Scott McBride and Chris Kelly. We we made the trip. You could 
back then, well, they probably still do it now. You got the option of taking a charter flight or pocketing the money that they would use on you for travel okay. and find your own way down there. Okay. So said, hey, let's see if we can do three three-hour shifts and break <laughs> a lot of speed limits and get down yeah. as fast as we can and put some money in our pocket. How do, you, do you happen to remember how much money you were able to save? Like, I don't know how much you spent on, like, Slim Jims on the way down there or something yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> right. You don't know how much money you saved in the process. Did you ever do the math on whether you actually came out uh, on top? I couldn't even tell you the, what the fun was that they gave us, but I would imagine that I was pretty savvy back then, and my math skills were pretty good, so I wouldn't have done it if it didn't make sense. All right, all right. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. <laughs> how much do you go back that catch? Like, obviously, the return that day was amazing, but the catch is one mm-hmm. of the greatest catches I've ever seen in my life. How often yeah. do you accidentally, like, have YouTube pop up at home? Like, oh, what? Is, why is that playing again? What's that? What right. is, that's weird. Why is that yeah. going on? Probably an embarrassing amount, actually. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just such a good moment to relive. You get, I get chills every time I, awesome. I rewatch it, even though I should be, you know, numb, numb to it now. I'm not still. It's a it's a moment that I'll, I'll never forget. I know the teammates got involved throwing the ball to me and Rich. And guys are all in the play. And I, I said this on the behind the play. I really wasn't trying to catch it at that point. I thought that Fraser, Lance Fraser, who was defending me, had a better position, and I just had to do my hardest to bat it down. And I couldn't get up high enough to bat it down, so there it was, still floating in the air. And I said, "Well, might as well catch it yeah, now." Right, so, if it's here. Right. <laughs> that's how like, it worked out. Might as well do that. No doubt. Yeah. Man. that's awesome. We, we were at this event uh, at Mike Loxley's house a couple weeks ago, and he was telling a story about how you ended up at the University of Maryland years ago, and I, I absolutely loved it. Would you be willing to share a little bit of that with everybody, the story of sure. how you, you ended up on the radar as a kid out of Carroll County that nobody was really paying that much attention to? Yeah, I'm up at North Carroll, Hampstead, Carroll County. We don't win many games up there, so I can understand why it wasn't a hotbed for a recruiting stop. So what Maryland used to do, the state would have any junior in high school that was in the state of Maryland could come to the University of Maryland, and they would have kind of a makeshift shift NFL combine. But it was really just run the 40, do a vertical leap, and do a bench press. Well, at the time, my well, now the general manager of recruiting at Maryland, his name is Scott Chadwick, was a, an assistant coach at North Carroll for me until my sophomore year, and then he went on to become the head coach at Bowie. And while he was at Bowie, he had a lot more talent than he was <laughs> had up there in North Carroll, so he had more interaction with the University of Maryland coaches. So he knew I was going to be at the Junior Combine, and he knew Mike Loxley personally at that point and gave him a call and said, hey, we got I know there's a kid going to be coming up on campus, and you're going to want to watch him run, and basically just trust me. So Loxie made away his way to the field, hand tied me, and I think I ran a four three eight or something of that nature. He he looked at me, told me to do it again. I ran another four three and some change. I had probably the highest well, I did have the highest vertical leap of all the kids there. So of the five hundred kids I tested well, then they asked me to send them a highlight tape. And my response was, well, I sent you guys one six months ago. Why don't you go you know, find that closet? You just threw it in. And they did that. They went back and found my tape, put it in, watched it. And then that was really it. That That's what started the recruiting process for me. Ron Vanderlyn was head coach at the time. He watched the tape, combined that with the numbers I put up at the Combine. And I can vividly remember I'm laying in my best friend's front yard. We got 
lawn chairs out. We got our shirts off. We're trying to tan because we're getting ready to go down to beach week. And my dad pulls up in the car, and his words were, son, you don't need to tan anymore. You got a scholarship to go to Maryland. I was like, what? So <laughs> Ron, had, Ron had just called him. He had just got off the phone with him. And he made a trip up to my friend's house to tell me that they were offering me a full scholarship. So wow. that was that was a wow. good moment for us. You, could you tell me, like, who were there other schools at all that were involved with you at that point? Like, and who would they have been if if they? Yeah, it was pretty. I didn't have a whole lot of traction, and again, I committed my junior year. So this all happened that after that combine, I sent him the tape. But at that point, Buffalo had offered me. Okay. Temple had offered me. Richmond had offered me. Those were the three, I think, offers that I had prior to Maryland. So you obviously had a difficult decision to make because, like, you know, you could play in the ACC or you could go play in the MAC, right? I mean, I can remember the Temple coach saying, how do you feel about the city? I said, well, I don't think I've ever been to one. I'm growing up here in Carroll County and all these corn stalks surrounding me so i said i'm undecided <laughs> on that <laughs> but well, we were really holding out for maryland I, I wasn't too you know i wasn't searching out for a school that was competing for national championships and i just wanted to be close to family and my my parents came to all my games growing up from peewee to high school never missed a game i wanted that to be something that they could continue to do at least for the home games uh, obviously traveling is a little different when you're in college so it worked out. Worked out quite and, quite all right. You guys won quite a bit during your time at Maryland, so yes, it was a good thing. Steve Suter is with us here on GCR. He's going to be doing radio color this season along with Johnny Holiday. Steve, let me let me start, go from there because I, and I I was there was great years for me. I was in school at the time. It was wonderful. I you know winning was so unexpected. At that point, because Maryland had been so far off the radar, there was no reason to believe you guys not just were going to win, but you were going to win significantly the way that you did. Um, kind of a parallel, clearly, to what Mike Loxley is trying to accomplish right now. And and we saw in a small dose last season with some good wins, but clearly a, a broken season and, and not really able to build traction from it. How did it happen for you guys when you were playing? How did a program that was utterly off the radar in a very difficult conference become a perennial top-of-the-league team, and how could it possibly be done again at this point? So it starts with you got to have talent on the team, and a lot of country, teams around the country have it, but they don't put it all together or they don't have the coaching staff that complements it correctly, and I think that was the issue, and I'll start with us and the team that you're referencing that I played on. When we were there, when I got in there with Ron Vanderland, we had talent all across the board, but for whatever reason, it didn't mesh up with the coaching staff. I mean, you think about Lamont Jordan, Sean Hill showed up, and he ended up playing 10 years and 14 years in the league. Yeah. We had guys on defense like Sean Forte and EJ Henderson. And these guys are stud players. Tony Akalawan at corner, Chrome Cox, all of these guys played in the league, and they're all on the same defense. Tony Jackson played in the league. Chris Jenkins. He's been on Pro Bowls. He was on the defense, too. So we had all those players, and for whatever reason, they just couldn't tally up the wins. So I would say it has to be a combination of buying into the system and the coaches' schemes. And when you can finally mesh those two together, you're going to have a team that has success. So we were looking around the locker room when after that first season I was there as a freshman in Ron Vanland and got fired. And then we didn't know anything about Freegian, other than we were told he was this offensive guru. So it was a point where we were all looking 
at each other and looking at ourselves in the mirror saying, if we can't win with this offensive guru, then we're, we can't win. But none of us believed that we couldn't win. So you match us with a guy that is supposed to be head over heels, you know, smarter than everybody on offense. And then we look around the locker room when we got Heisman trophy candidate, a running back, we got a quarterback we believe in, we got receivers that can play, linemen that are going to go to the league. So we're thinking, if it's not now, it's never. And I think that mindset messed well with the coaching staff that he brought in. Coach Blackney on defense, obviously, was probably the best defensive coach I've been around from what he could have done. And there it was. That was the recipe for success. And we went on to win 10-plus games for three years in a row and go to those Orange Bowl, Peach Bowl, and Gator Bowl. And I will say, with that, we had quarterbacks. Right. It's very important. You, you can't make these runs without having a, a competent body on the center. And that Orange Bowl year, I already mentioned Sean Hill played 14 years in the league. He came in, took over the role of QB, and it just works. He leaves. Scott McBrien comes in, probably the best throwing quarterback I've ever played with. No, I'll, I'll take that back. He's the best throwing quarterback I've ever played with. So you still have another guy under center that's competent and can make plays, and you can't win without one. So fast forward to what Loxie's doing now. That turnaround that we did was basically one year. We had the players in place, the coaching staff that meshed with us came in, and it worked. I think that's exactly what Coach Loxie's doing now. And the key being, I think he has a competent body under center in Tualia, Tungavailoa, who I've been out to practice several times since camp started. He's got great timing. He's got a great arm. I I don't know because I'm not in the meeting rooms with them on a daily basis of whether or not he's making all the right reads at when he's supposed to, and that time will tell on that. But from my perspective, I think they have a competent body under center, and I have to trust in what Coach Loxley said about the coaching staff that he's put those guys in place to, to maximize those talents. And if you look at the offense we got now, with with Demas and Tualia and Akonkwu, those those three are better than any three I've ever played with. So they have a chance to play well this season and put up a good record. Man, you didn't even mention Rakim Jarrett. I hear he's okay, that guy. I hear that guy's yeah, not... Yeah, he is okay. Yeah, that guy's not bad. <laughs> Steve Suter's with us on GCR. And I, and I think that I... The reason I asked it that way is because I do think that I see the same parallel that you're talking about. And it's not easy, mm-hmm. obviously, and it guarantees nothing. And also, you know, there's Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan, and, you know, there's there's a different animal that's lift, waiting out there for you in the Big Ten. It, with that in mind... it. Like, is it as simple? Is it as simple as, hey, if you just go beat West Virginia in week one, like, can a team that's not supposed to be that team, and, and I think of that Orange Bowl team, the team that won the ACC, can it just click, like, within a couple of wins, you just say, no, this is this really is who we are. This is who we're supposed to be. And and a team that had no expectations and, and still, you know, as much as there's some encouragement. Nobody's thinking that Maryland's going to go be a threat to win the Big Ten or something like that. Can it change that quickly, even before the rest of the country really believes it's possible? I do. I think it can happen that quickly, and for the reasons I, I talked about earlier. But a lot of how you play is mental, and teams can be fragile, and I mean that in a good way, where, like you said, you can all of a sudden believe that you are really good or better than you are just by beating West Virginia game one. And now your mindset is 
we're going to win the next game. We expect to win the next game, and yeah. we expect to win the next game. And that playing with confidence in that state can overcome for some deficiencies that maybe you have on the talent side. So if the stars align, you can go from winning five games one year to winning 11 games the next year, just like we did. Right. And hopefully that, that can happen for them. It'll be a fun ride if that's the case. Mike Loxley himself, you know, I'm sure that there are people in your life, you know, guys you played with in, in Canada, guys that you know, that don't know Mike Loxley and just know what his record is as a head coach and say something to you like, why in the world would you have all of your faith in a guy that, that's, that's you know, record-wise one of the worst coaches in college football history, right? What do you <laughs> say to them when, when somebody says something like that to you? I say, well, first off, the guy is just genuine and a real it sounds so cliche, but it's why he gets recruits. Because when he talks to you, it's real. It's not some chameleon-type personality that he's fabricating. So you think you like him, and then you come to school, and he's a different person. Because believe me, that is how most of the coaches in the country are. And that's a very big disappointment when you show up on campus and you realize this isn't the guy that was sitting in my living room talking to my family, promising me this, promising me that. So from that standpoint, you just immediately fall in love with the guy because you respect him as a person and you respect him as a man. Now, for the most part, and there are a few exceptions out here, it's a coaches that get to the head coaching level and they kind of stop doing what they were doing to get there. And that's not only in college, that's in NFL too. I mean, how many times have you heard of an offensive coordinator goes and gets a head coaching job, and now he's not calling plays anymore. Yeah, sure. That stuff's never, like, made sense to me. Mm -hmm. like, right, know, this is, like, this is what makes you special. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, why do you stop doing that? So you become a CEO at that point. Now, there are some that still are involved and still call plays, and and, I'm, and obviously they're in the game plan, but in, in crunch time when the game's being called, you're not calling the game like you were calling it when you, at Alabama or like you were the offensive coordinator at Maryland before you went to New Mexico. So I think if we're talking about him specifically, it's him finding a extension of himself on the offensive side of the ball to call plays almost like he would, somebody he can trust that's going to make the right decisions or make the calls that he would make. And that's that's tricky. And that's why you see a lot of coaches go to become head coaches and it's it doesn't always work out. So I think he's had a struggle in finding the right fit, both off offensive and defensively for the coaching staff around him. Um, maybe it's a little bit of a challenge of how much he's involved versus how much he steps back and gives those guys the range. So that's a, you're putting yourself in a tricky situation of how you want to handle things. And I think he's had a lot of trial and error and he's still working through that. And once he finds the guys that fits, I think it'll all work. So. I, I I like the sounds of that, man. I like the yep. sounds of that, and then there is there's some. I feel like it's cautious optimism that I'm feeling, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of things to like. It's just really difficult what they're trying to do. That's all, right? Yeah. Like yeah. The, I the, I definitely think there's a scenario where everything could go right, as right as it possibly could for Maryland, and they could still be up against it <laughs> during the course mm -hmm. of the season, just because. That's the nature of the beast that you're dealing with in the Big Ten. Steve, Absolutely. Steve Suter, we're, we're so glad. We can't wait to, to hear you on the radio broadcast. Is there anything we can plug for you, man? Social media, anything else you're doing? Like, can we, can uh, we get no, a plug? I'm pretty, I'm pretty low-key on those things, so I might get my brand up when this radio thing starts, but as far as the media goes, they'll, 
I'm all right on that front. All right, very good. Steve Suter, we can't wait for it. Starting against West Virginia, we'll be hearing you and Johnny together. By the way, there's never a, never a bad way of spending a day with Johnny Holiday, man. Like they no, could, no. They don't no have legend. to pay it in order to do that, man. That's remarkable. <laughs> right. Steve, appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time for us, and, yep. uh, and thanks for making that drive down to Jacksonville worth it for everybody, all right? <laughs> yeah, man, I appreciate it. Steve Suter. Checking in with us here on uh, GCR. He's going to be working the broadcast this season for Maryland football. That will be very cool. Looking forward to that. C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or visit C3America.com for your free analysis. We've got a major announcement to make next. Our friend Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia is going to join us. We're going to be doing um, some huge events and a new show, all of that. We're going to announce it to you in just a minute right here on GCR. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tours FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling at Great Eights Memorabilia. The Maryland State Fair is right around the corner and we're going to be taking over with the largest Baltimore football signing in over three years. The Purple Takeover is coming to its million fairgrounds for the massive Maryland State Fair from August 26th through Labor Day Monday. You'll have the chance to meet Pro Bowl tackle Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, first round pick Odafe Away, Big Country Ben Cleveland, Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, and many, many more from your football team. Tickets are are available at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's great, the number eight, S, Memorabilia.com. And remember, as always, be great. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
It's WindowNation's 15th year anniversary. During August, all customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free. That's correct, a chance to win free, top-of-the-line, energy-efficient WindowNation windows installed by experts with over 15 years' experience that will keep your home cool during the summer months and warm during the colder months. If you don't win, get half of your windows free with their buy two windows and get two free deal. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in here on GCR. Uh, yeah, the Jeff Zerbeck, I'm reading from his tweeter. His tweeter. Uh, Ravens Pro Bowl cornerback Marlon Humphrey left practice early after appearing to slip while in a one-on-one drill. Humphrey stayed down for a bit and then limped to the locker room. Gross. I mean, there's there's no reason to overreact to that. These things happen constantly, particularly like the last thing that we wanted to read today because today is the final day for you to get this print issue of PressBox. Your neighborhood Royal Farms, hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox with Talia Tungavailo on the cover because coming tomorrow, a new print issue of PressBox with Marlon Humphrey on the cover. Hopefully he's fine. Hopefully he's fine for a lot of reasons. Hopefully he's fine, but he did leave practice early today. The Ravens holding uh, practice Knowings Mills this morning, and then the rest of the week they will be down in, I believe it's actually South Carolina, if I remember correctly, where they hold a training camp for the Panthers, practicing with them ahead of their next preseason game on Saturday night. We will hope for the best when it comes to Marlon Humphrey, and no reason to be overly panicked about it right now. Just not worth it. All right, uh, you just heard this man's voice during the last uh, set, and I am really excited to uh, make an announcement with you guys right now about some stuff we're going to be doing this fall. He is our friend Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, and he's with us right now here on GCR. Chris, what's going on, brother? Glenn, what is going on, man? Uh, really sorry for your loss. I've been oh, definitely keeping you in my thoughts and prayers, man. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Uh, it was good to be down there and celebrate the life of my grandfather. I'm, I'm 37 years old. I'll be 38 in a couple weeks, Chris. I am extraordinarily lucky that uh, I had such a great man in my life for so long. That's a, it's a remarkable thing. So, Well, it's obvious that he was a great grandfather because you're hands down one of my favorite people, oh. um, not only in Maryland, man, but one of my favorite, oh. you know, all-time favorites that I've met. So oh. uh, he did a great job um, impacting your life, man. You're going to make me don't, you're gonna make me emotional, dude. Don't do it. I, I had too much <laughs> of that going on this weekend. Sorry. I was going to play some music behind it, but I figured that <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm really excited. You know, we've we've partnered on a number of things so far, you and I, and they've uh, they've all been tens. Uh, nothing has been bad, and that's the reason why we keep working together. And uh, this was something that was collaborative and an idea that ended up being thrown about. And um, uh, John Colson here at Pressbox got involved, and and he's got a history with player shows, and I of course have a history with player shows, and Dennis Pitt's show, and Jamil McLean's show, and 
Brendan I and Badejo show, blah, blah, blah. But it's something that we haven't done in a long time. It's something that kind of went away here in Baltimore is player shows. And we're bringing them back. And we're going to have uh, – we have eight officially scheduled for the fall and the opportunity for maybe more than that, depending on how things go, more like depending on how the team does, which we think is going to be quite well. But, um, Chris, would you like to formally announce uh, who our player host is going to be for eight shows this fall? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, we, um, we're thinking of a lot of great players um, that, could, that could do this. And, of course, you know, I'm a huge fan of these radio shows. I've gone to them my entire life and I always loved how there was the surprise guest. So when we were thinking about this, we're like, one, we need somebody who's really cool and really personable. And secondly, we need someone who's got a lot of friends on the team. And we saw the video. I think it was, uh, you know, they asked all the players, like, who's most likely to pick up the check? or who's most likely to you know, change your flat tire. And this guy's name just kept coming up over and over again. Um, and then we worked with him personally for Casey Cares, uh, crowd yeah. piece, but Tyus Bowser, uh, the Tyus Bowser show is going to be coming all over Maryland, uh, hosted by the one and only Glenn Clark for Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, we're going to be at Mothers in Pasadena for the first one, which is uh, Tuesday, September the 7th, before the season starts. And then we'll be doing every other Tuesday at different areas like Twain's Tavern, uh, Two Mothers locations, City Line, Sports and Grill, and many others. And uh, hopefully this season takes off the way that we think it's going to be and we can have playoff edition uh, radio shows. I'm, I'm so excited for that. Let, let me tell you right now that you can go to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. In order to find out more, that's pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. And we need to do, there is one date we need to change. Um, you know, we looked at the schedule, and then the Ra- the Ravens are playing games. So as Chris mentioned, it's it's Tuesday, September 7th for the first one at Mothers in Pasadena, then Tuesday, September 18th for the second one at City Line Bar and Grill, and then it looks like Tuesday, October 12th will end up being the third one at um, Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. I, you know what? Let me do that math. I, that one was already corrected. Never mind. Tuesday, October 19th. I'm sorry. I already confused myself, uh, Chris <laughs> Ruling. Um, but we're gonna, we will have all of that there, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Now, Chris, the important part about this is not just there's going to be a show that you'll be able to watch and listen to, and um, it'll be available in the same places where you always find the show, pressboxonline.com slash radio, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. But on top of that, um, they're going to be an opportunity for people to get some autographs when they come out to a Tyus Bowser show this fall. Yeah, I mean, that was always you know, one of my favorite parts was, you know, going to the restaurant and then in between the commercial breaks, going up with my football or jerseys. But, you know, the the opportunity to meet some of these players, you know, I know a lot of, you know, my competitors, um, you know, the, when they do signings, the, the price to meet them can be so high. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are typically free signings. Uh, you know, we're going to be doing some charity work there as well. Uh, designated charities will be, um, you know, collected for or at each show. Uh, but these are basically going to be, you know, free events, free opportunities for you to come and meet some of the, you know, potential Super Bowl uh, champion, uh, Baltimore Ravens, dare we say it, yeah. and, and get some stuff added to uh, your collection. Um, it's just going to be an amazing opportunity. I mean, after the past 18 months that we've had, you know, I love NFL Network, and especially when they have the guys mic'd up. Um, I love to hear just the conversations and the stories that come out. So I know that Tyus is going to have a ton, especially having Wink as his coach and, and playing alongside like Patrick Queen and Marlon Humphrey. 
I mean, that defense is absolutely loaded, and hopefully we catch him on a happy Tuesday after a bunch yeah, of wins. Yeah, yes. Uh, but just meeting him in person, man, he is going to be an amazing host. And these are going to be can't-miss events. You do not want to wake up Wednesday morning and go to work and have all your buddies talk about the Ty Bowser show that you missed out on because you were watching Young Sheldon or something on TV. No, no you know, doubt. Just, definitely make make it a point to come out to as many of these as possible and, and, and these, your I, I think I can tell and you talk about the shows that you went to I can tell you from hosting these shows the the opportunity while yes there's microphones in front front of them something about getting these guys away from the building and away from having like PR people breathing down their neck and away from knowing that their coach might walk by at any moment while they're talking to you or somebody. Something about just separating from that environment does tend to lead to seeing these guys really loosen up and want to have fun. And I'm not talking about wanting to like throw guys under the bus, something like that. That's not what we do. I'm talking about wanting to have fun and just see a different side of players when we do this. And, and importantly, uh, Watanis is going to be there for every show. Um, as you just mentioned, there's going to be special guests for every show as well, correct? Yeah, I mean, every every show he's going to have one person. In some cases, he was like, "You, you mind if I bring out two? I'm like, "Bro, you can bring out as right. many as, yeah, many as we'll you make want. it and, work for sure." Yeah, the, the cool thing with Tyus is like we did the Casey Cares Crab Feast, and we only had him there for two hours. My brother stayed for like the entire event, played Ravens trivia. I mean, it was like he was engaged with everyone. So. That was my first time meeting him. I fell in love with him. I was already in love with him as a player. I think he's going to have a, just an incredible year shining on that defense. I can't wait to see what Wink does with him you know, now that he can you know, start every game and be showcased. But um, I'm just really excited for this, Glenn. I mean, this is going to be a great, great uh, time for everybody, something that you can bring your family to on a Tuesday night and still get home in time for school the next day. Yep. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm dropping it on you now, but I've been thinking about it over the last week. I also think that, um, you know, as we're going to start having to make plans for our annual Helping Up Mission uh, coat drive, that anybody who starts bringing out their winter gear for us is going to get moved to the front of the line at yeah. these shows as uh, we need to start doing that. So we're going to incorporate that a little bit to this as well. This is going to be amazing. Uh, Chris, who do we need to thank um, uh, partners-wise for making this possible for us? Well, Express Exterior Design, uh, owned by uh, Tino's Marcatus, is he's been a big supporter of all the events. I reached out to him about six months ago and said, hey, I got this event coming up. Do you want in? And he's like, well, how much do you need to get for me to get in on everything that you're doing for the next year? And this guy, he's not only an awesome company, you know, it's built off integrity with Ruthen, but um, he gives back so much to the community. And he's going to be one of the main sponsors of the, of the show. Uh, you know, basically, you're know, putting the money up to so we can have the event. And then by us having the event, it gives us the capability of raising money for others. Because let's face it, if life was all about us, we would be the only ones alive. And I think that that's one of the main reasons I love you, Glenn, is that you're passion for the Helping Up Mission and other nonprofits and, you know, for Mo and the Nikki and Bradley Bozeman Foundation. Um, it's good to link arms with people that look at life as something bigger than themselves. Yeah, so, man. I'm excited, man. No, no doubt about it. And we need to thank uh, the Coco Brothers going to be helping us out executing the show aspect of this. Um, this is, the good news for me is that, like, I, I just have to show up and sort of be the doofus that asks the questions. That's the, that's the nice part about it. I think I'm getting the easy job out of all of this. I just have to be that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm extraordinarily excited about it. Um, I know what joy these events have brought to Ravens fans over the years. It's just it's something different. With no offense to 
Like anything that you can get from the team um, and the content that they do, this is just a little bit different, and it's unique. And the stories that people tell about the nights they were hanging out at, you know, whatever restaurant, whatever bar it was, whatever player over the years, it, it's something that, in a way, it bridges to stories of the Colts, right? Like that when yep. you hear those stories, um, you just don't – you don't – there's something that there's like there's this disconnect, you know. You'll talk to a Colts player, they'll be like, it was just a little bit different. Guys would hang out in the community, and that's to me what makes these shows so special. Is it's guys just hanging out in the community with fans, rubbing elbows, and we'll do everything safely. I want to make that very clear. We will follow all COVID procedure. We will do everything the right way and make sure that there will be no problems uh, as much as we can control it. So um, that's part of the plans. But man, it's it's a special thing. So again, yeah, and, and yeah. real quick, Glenn, if hey, if you are a restaurant owner or if you're a business owner and you want to host one of these, we have like two dates left. Yeah, we still have a uh, couple. Yep. Yeah, so you can you can jump in on this. Be the cool guys in the neighborhood hosting Kais and Raven. We do it on a Tuesday night. It's a slower night for you. It will help pack your place, and it will make you shine in the community as a business that truly cares about others. It is a win-win situation. Um, jump on board either as a sponsor. Or as a host for one of the events, you can reach out to John or Glenn at, at Pressbox or me at Great Ace Memorabilia. Uh, we'd love to have you as part of this team and, and really do some good and have some fun at the same time. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, John C. at PressBoxOnline.com, Glenn at PressBoxOnline.com, and Chris, K-R-I-S, at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. The word great, the number eight, the letter S, Memorabilia.com. Send us a message as we still have a couple of dates that we are uh, finalizing as far as the Tyus Bowser show is concerned, and we could bring it out. And there can always be more dates added. Um, we've agreed to eight, but we've sort of left that open-ended. And, and if teams are rolling towards Los Angeles come this winter, I think uh, we'll try to add a couple more uh, before this is all said and done. Um, Chris, a reminder, you guys, that's not all that you've got coming up. First of all, thank you for, for making this happen and for facilitating this and the partnership that we have. We love it a great deal. You've got a couple other things coming up before that. I know um, the State Fair is literally right around the corner, and you're going to be all over the State Fair, right? It's... Yeah, we're going to be out there raising money for Golden Fight, uh, Children's Cancer Foundation with the Purple Takeover. Uh, we'll be there selling memorabilia and other types of stuff the entire 12 days. So we're going to do three days of autograph signing. Saturday, the 28th, we're going to have Colts legends, uh, Lenny Moore and Tom Maddy there. On Sunday, we'll have Hollywood Brown, Odafe Away, Big Country Bank Cleveland, Sean Wade, Brandon Stevens, Dalen Hayes, and Ben Mason. And then on Friday, the 3rd, we'll have Ronnie Stanley and James Prochet. So 12 players, huge meet and greet, the biggest one that they've had, and it's at the State Fair. So we'll be in the exhibition hall you don't need tickets ahead of time, but it'll help you, you know, cut through the line. And then come add these guys. I mean, I couldn't imagine you know, meeting Ray Lewis his rookie year. I know you have, Glenn, but yeah. you know, I don't think that anybody really knew who you know, Ray Lewis was going to be, that he was going to become the player that he became. And you know, the fact that guys like Away, you know, this is like, you know, in some cases, you could be buying Amazon stock before it's Amazon. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, come and meet the, the young rookies. And you have three first-rounders, a couple of pro bowlers that are going to be there, and two Hall of Famers, um, uh, Colts Hall of Famers. So I, um, I'd love to have you out. We're raising money, like I said, for Golden Fight. They were instrumental in, in Mo Gabba's fights. You know, there's a lot of these children's um, cancer foundations that, you know, brag about their numbers. But they turn away people who 
or terminal, people who don't are not going to rebound out of this. Golden Fight takes on everybody, and they come alongside families like Sanzi and and just link arms in. Uh, we're not turning our back on you. We're going to be with you until uh, the very end and even beyond that. And I absolutely love them. Sanzi got me hooked up with them, and with Children's Cancer Awareness Month coming up in September, we figured what better uh, oh, foundation to donate to. That's so wonderful. Well, we're looking forward to that. And then uh, I know you got more events coming up. Great8smemorabilia.com again. With the word great, the number eight, the letter S, memorabilia.com to find out more about them. And pressboxonline.com slash Bowser to find out more about the Tyus Bowser Show. It's going to be an amazing fall. Can't wait for it. Chris Ruling, thank you, my friend. Looking forward to doing this. Hanging out. We get to hang out together, too, which I love. I love that we're going to spend this That's much a bonus time. for me, man. No Tuesday doubt, dude. With Glenn Clark. It's going to be, this yeah. is going to be awesome. Chris, right, appreciate brother. you, brother. We'll talk to you real soon, all right? Thanks, man. Have a great week. Uh, Chris Ruling, our friend from Great 8's Memorabilia. Yeah, uh, eight shows that we have scheduled, and the first three we've already announced. September 7th will be at Mother's in Pasadena, September 28th. These are all Tuesday nights. September 28th, City Line Bar and Grill is where we're going to be. That's going to be phenomenal. And then the, uh, the, another, the next one that we have announced will be Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. So that's the other thing, too, by the way. Two of those we've already announced are in a part of town that no one ever goes to for these types of events. And that was one of the things that we had talked about. Um, You know, a a lot of times it's, well, we'll stick around Owings Mills, Reisterstown, because that's where all the guys live, and I understand that. That's where they work. It makes a lot of sense. But we wanted to spread this out, and we wanted to make sure that we were visiting uh, parts of town that we could come to you instead of you having to come to us. And so that was a big deal as we uh, put some of the touches on the Tyus Bowser show. And uh, we're going to Anne Arundel County, and I don't know, I I literally don't know of any show that goes to Anne Arundel County uh, for these types of events. I only know like three more counties. Correct. We uh, we know that as a fact. Kyle could not possibly tell you. What's what's the, why is Anne Arundel County significant? Annapolis. Oh, look at that. All right. All right. So you know something. I'll give you that. We'll give you that. Uh, Kyle struggles with counties. We've uh, done that. We've played this game quite a bit. Uh, Everyone's Kyle got one not. flaw, you know. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. That's the only one that he has. Awesome stuff. Thank you to uh, to Chris and uh, for facilitating it. And again, we'll get you some some of the 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 more significant details. First of all, we won't know until closer to the shows themselves who the guests will be. Uh, as Tyus is going to be arranging that, but he will have guests out for every show, and he'll let us know about that. So um, we'll tell you more about that as we get closer to the shows themselves. As far as the, the, the show itself, if you can't make it out, my first thought would be get there. Just be there, and you won't have to worry about it. But for listening to the show, for watching the show, if you can't make it out live, we are intending to stream it live and then rebroadcast it the next day. We are hammering out uh, those details of exactly what it will look like, I think, it will be a live video stream and then a rebroadcasted audio stream and podcast. I think that's the plan. But again, we are finalizing some of that ahead of September 7th, and we will have those announcements for you right now. We're just really excited about the fact that we will be doing this show. This is phenomenal. Hour number one of today's program is in the books. It's also been brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for mobile one still to come this hour we're going to chat with paul fritchner play-by-play guy for the Bowie bay Sox. we will um 
just get some thoughts about all of the changes. Uh, by the way, who plays for the team now? Like what? What all have we missed? Because we know Adley's not there anymore. We we just need to get get caught up on that, and uh, some of the various conversation about the Orioles system that we've seen over the last couple of days. So we're gonna do that. Got a couple more things that I want to get to that I didn't get a chance to talk about because I wasn't here yesterday. So we will get into some of that next. It is a Tuesday edition. I was about to say Monday because I wasn't here yesterday. It's Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their very berry salad and smoky thigh wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirits, showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland5star.us with the number five redefine your skills inspire change and make a difference the army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves while also improving who they will become individually soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways
different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is GlennParkRadio.com. Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR. Say Tuesday edition of the show. It's also brought to you by, ooh, this one's also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley caught up with uh, former Oriole Shane Turner last night. If you missed it, find it at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com as well. Stan shows always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. So I got this message uh, over the weekend. No, I did not, of course, watch any of Saturday night's game, not just because I was away at a, a funeral. I would not have, if I was at home, I would not have watched any of it. This Saturday night, play, I will not watch any of that game. I, I, I managed to do this for the first time, and I wrote about it, I want to say, five years ago. 2016 was the first time that I purposely said, I refuse. I flatly refuse. The product is so awful, I won't do it. And I'm not offended by it any longer. If you're into it, you're into it, right? Like, I've just been able to cleanse myself of this. There are things that I can do. Someone somewhere is playing tennis. I would prefer to watch that. There's something that's more competitive or more worth my entertainment dollar than watching these games that don't mean anything. Um, so, no, I didn't watch any of the game on Saturday night. But after the game and after uh, it was confirmed that Trace McSorley was going to miss some time, I got this message. This is from Brandon. Brandon messages me and says the following. Glenn, admittedly, I was a bit concerned about the Ravens quarterback situation before Trace McSorley got hurt. I thought it was a mistake, particularly knowing Lamar Jackson is unvaccinated, to not carry anyone else who has significant experience. While I know Trace McSorley got in a little bit last season, let's not pretend as though he's a real quarterback. Tyler Huntley, the same can be said. Do you feel as though the Ravens have made a mistake, especially now that they're basically just going to be handing the number two job to someone who has not actually earned it based on anything he's done football-wise, but only because he's the next man standing? And do you feel as though they should consider either trading for someone, acquiring someone who gets cut, or seeing if there is a still free agent on the market who at least has some experience? Tim Tebow got cut. There is that, and he does have some experience. No. Um, it's an interesting question, Brandon, right? Because there's there really are two ways of looking at this. Nothing matters if Lamar's hurt. That's the first way of looking at it. The first way of looking at it is saying, if Lamar Jackson gets hurt, your season's over. But the second way of looking at it is you the... You need to win one game. What if Lamar, and let's even bring up the COVID part of this, what if he misses in a 10-day in a window, he finds out on a Wednesday, mm -hmm. and he would only miss one game? He could come back if he's out 10 days and gets the positive test. He could play the following Sunday. So he we, he's only going to miss for sure the one game. And you want to put yourself in a better situation to win that one game. And that's – it has always eternally been the reason why this is a relevant conversation that doesn't have a correct answer. Because, yes, immediately – if you're in that situation, you would prefer to have someone who knows what they're doing play. Mm -hmm. The problem being, for the most part, those guys do cost you a little bit of money. And the Ravens, in constructing everything this season, did not want to invest a little bit of money on a non-Lamar Jackson quarterback because of part A 
of the conversation. If Lamar Jackson gets hurt, we're effed anyway. So why would we invest money in someone that wouldn't be playing? And if they do, it's not going to matter. We're screwed. How does their commitment to this offense affect this decision? I, I because don't, I think ultimately, right? If you, it if you it's not if as you simple as oh, go Josh trade Ma- for right. Nick Foles. Yes, yeah, so if you got Josh McCown, right? Then you wouldn't want him to be doing the same things that Lamar Jackson is doing. It's a short list of guys who are experienced, it's, and it's, it's Tyrod Taylor essentially. It's well, right, but he's he's, right. he's not available. My point. It's like there's um, not a lot of guys who have both the experience and the ability to run the offense. Like I don't think RG three was the answer. We saw that, right? No, he was not. RG three wasn't. He was never going to win anything. You were never going to do that. He wasn't. There was a reason why Robert Griffin III was completely out of football at the time the Ravens plucked him. He's such an impressive broadcaster. Well, I mean, he might prove to be that. That is quite possible. I don't know. By the way, starting to understand why maybe the demand wasn't there for Jay Cutler the way that we thought it. Like, remember here a couple years ago when Jay Cutler... Was he doing a game? Did he do a game this past weekend? No, he didn't do a game. It's just that his Twitter persona is maybe telling you why it is that networks are... He's always been a bit... uh, Yeah. On the fringe. Yeah. It's going a little bit more. Going a little bit more that direction. Um, I there is no correct answer to this. It's sort of what I'm telling you, Brandon. That's the tough part. By the way, maybe this is Brandon Yuri from Fallout Boy that we learned about be. earlier. Could be or Jeff Lurie. Pa- Panic at the Disco. It might not be Jeff Lurie. It's Panic at the Disco. It's not Fallout Boy. That's Pete Wentz, if I remember correctly. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Thank you. Is he the, was Jeff he, of course, bud, is, you know? That's right. They know each other quite well. <laughs> they did know each other quite well. They don't know each other quite as well anymore. Uh, it's like Godia. Now you're just somebody that I used to know. We're all over the place today, uh, Brandon. There's no correct answer. There, there just isn't. There's no correct answer to how you do this. I, my, what I would say to the, well, is it about the offense? If you're not capable, if you don't have the ability to be able to call play, well, you can still run the ball a lot. Like it's not as if you can. But part of the strength of the run game, obviously, I is under, based off of the mobility I, of the quarterback. I, I un, it's part of the strength of it, and I understand that. If you're not capable, like threatening laterally, of, if is, you're not capable of being able in a one-week situation to put something together for a veteran quarterback to be able to make it work, that's a bigger problem. Maybe so. That's a bigger problem that you have to deal with. There's no correct answer. I don't think that just, and I'm trying to say this with all due respect to Tyler Huntley, we don't know that he's not a good quarterback. it's, it's, it's that a, it's that he it's impossible. Sure. We we do know that he's not a good quarterback, right? We, we know he's a good athlete. Yes, we know that he's not that that everybody had the opportunity to draft him for seven rounds. No one wanted him. Um, does that mean that there haven't been other guys that have gone undrafted? Not typically. It is so much more difficult for it to be a power school quarterback, someone you saw a ton of. You got every opportunity to look at the guy. Big games, went out to their practices. This is not someone who went under the radar. Mm-hmm. This was someone who was very much above the radar in a good football team that was playing for titles, Pac-12 Pac titles, and everybody had the chance to see, and no one wanted. Nobody else runs their own offense, though. That's that's fine. That There are other mobile quarterbacks that have been picked it. up. Everybody had the chance. I'm no not, one wanted I'm not guy. sitting here telling you that he's a good quarterback. I don't, I don't I'm also know. not saying that he's not – there's a the best option for their backup right now. That I no, he's not the best option for their backup right now. He's not. I don't know who's available in the open market. That, that would but be. this is a different conversation that we're talking about. The best options are guys that are that might not be available. What we're talking about is we're defaulting to well, he's the option you have, right? That's what we're ultimately defaulting to. 
and that's fine. And and to my point, even if he's not a particularly good quarterback, maybe their belief is we think we could make it work for a week. We think we could get away with Tyler Huntley being our quarterback. Our run game would still be dangerous. We would still be threatening laterally with Huntley there. We would be able to run the same quarterback runs that we call and maybe not to the same effect. And, and that's the thing. And that's why... But is it enough to move the chains, right? You might have had the big play risk where you're saying any run is going to go for seven with Lamar Jackson, but you have the well, ability but, to stretch the defense because they the, need to defend Part of that. the reason why that's there is because you have to respect Lamar Jackson, the passer, and there is no reason that we know of that you have to respect Tyler Huntley, the passer. But we're... Like you just don't. I get that. I get that. Look, I'm not like they averaged under five yards an attempt in the preseason game, and it's not an accident, right? Like these guys are not real throwers of the football. You could argue they don't really have real downfield targets, right? Like it's not like you're asking them to go and make these throws that are going to be twenty plus yards down the field. You're asking them to take advantage of the space of right, created in the defense right now, with the run. We don't know anything that says that Tyler Huntley's someone that you could you think of as a threat twelve yards down the field. I mean, you're not going to be a quarterback unless you can hit a guy well, wide that, open. N- nobody thought he was a quarterback. I, I'm not trying but to be no disrespectful. other team's standard is can he hit this guy when he's wide open? That's not the NFL standard for a quarterback. It's not the NFL. It's not the standard in Baltimore either. Let's make that abundantly clear. For a backup, if you still have the space created by having eight men in the box, which would surely be at least that if Tyler Huntley were the quarterback, if you have that space created in a numbers game, if three guys are going out for a route, there's presumably going to be a guy who's open. Now, making the throw is the next step. And that's where there's no guarantee from me. But I would like to think. I think you're trying to oversimplify it. Probably. And I, and I don't think it's that simple. I, I, Tyler Huntley has to prove that he's capable of playing the quarterback position. And we have nothing as of right now that suggests that that's true. Now, this, I'm not trying to be disrespectful either. That doesn't mean that we know that he can't. And that's the part of it that I'm trying to get to is that I don't have enough evidence that says it's impossible that Tyler Huntley could be competent. I don't have that either. But I wouldn't hang myself on that. I wouldn't well, say. Hang yourself at yeah, all. Thank you. Great point. I wouldn't say if you need to beat the Cleveland Browns late in the season and Lamar Jackson has COVID, that the fact that we don't know for sure that or has to poop, the fact that we don't know for sure that Tyler Huntley isn't is the standard by which we determine who should be playing quarterback. No, that's not good enough for me. It, it will never be good enough for me. That's insane that that would be the standard of who's going to play quarterback in that game is, well, we don't know with certainty that Tyler Huntley isn't capable of becoming a quarterback, so let's let him go try to do it. No, that's a problem. That's, that's not all right. This is... I, I'm dancing around it, right, because I keep coming back to the there is no defined answer to this. There's not. I wish there was. I wish I could tell you with certainty the answer to this question is go trade for somebody. And and by the way, I think in particular because of Trace McSorley's injury, they will be interested in watching the names of guys that get cut. I 100% believe that that's the case. Someone will say, why wouldn't the answer be Colin Kaepernick? Well, this discussion still would exist if McSorley were healthy also. It would still be a very fair conversation. Right. I think it's particularly interesting because in one scenario, you might have seen someone truly do something that allowed them to win the job. 
in one scenario, someone might have shown you signs where they were deserving of being a backup quarterback. Yes, I would still point out it's the preseason, it doesn't really matter, but you might have seen something over the course of these weeks that would have said that. You're not even going to get that opportunity. They brought now. in Benji. Thank Kenji Bahar, former Calvert Hall quarterback, uh, not part of the equation. Um, they, they will be handing the job to someone who didn't earn it, and there's nothing about them that suggests they should have it. By the way, uh, right now, there's one quarterback in New York Jets uh, camp that's ever thrown a, a pass in the National Football League. You have any idea who it is? Nope. It's a former Baltimore Raven. Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson is the only quarterback in New York Jets camp that has thrown a pass in the National Football League. Bit of a different Football situation Yes, obviously it's quite a different situation. There's no doubt about it. But in, for, for, what, for what it's worth, we're, they're also talking about a backup quarterback. They're not going to have a backup quarterback that's going to have experience. They're not going to have a backup quarterback that you're going to have any confidence in. Part of the problem being there aren't really 64 quarterbacks in this league. Just aren't. All due respect, there aren't 64 guys that can play this position. There are barely 32. You could argue there really aren't. I mean, like, we have no idea if Sam Darnold can do this or not. We just try to convince ourselves that he can because we like scouting him and we hate Adam Gase. So we want to believe that he could still be one of those 32. We don't really know if there are 32 guys that can do it. The Broncos are probably going to go right back to Drew Locke, who a year ago we were pretty convinced couldn't do it. The, the Saints, we have no idea if Jameis Winston can do it or not. There aren't really 32 guys that we feel confidence in. There's definitely not 64 guys. So could this ultimately doom the Ravens? Yes. 100%. It could doom the Ravens. They are trying to calculate risk. What is the percentage chance that we end up in a situation where we need one guy for one or two weeks and he's X percent better than the guy that we just have that's been in our system that knows what we're doing and and can scamper a little bit and we can try to make it worth worth a bit of a more complicated discussion in and of itself. Like what's our best route to success without Lamar Jackson offensively, right? Like is it leaning on the run? Is it throwing the ball fewer times with whoever's the backup quarterback? And if so, is whoever replacement X is but that's the equation. instead of that's Tyler Huntley, the, right? The, like the equation is that, there, that's, that's the equation they're trying to figure out. And they don't there there is Are no, our receivers good enough for oh, I mean, there's, a quarterback it's a, it's a to be it's a completely back there different who conversation. Needs to throw, right? Like are we better off just playing defense and running, a la Robert Griffin the third game plan? And and to win a game in in a in a dumb guy response, no, no one's ever better off doing that. There is you are never in a good position just trying to run the ball and play defense. That is in the National Football League in 2021. That's not good enough. It's not without the threat. It's not. You can't you can't win games that way. Could you pull a rabbit out of your hat and magically do something against a bad football team? Maybe. But if you've got to beat a real football team in an actual game to think that you can be so good defensively that it just won't matter who your quarterback is, nonsense. Pure poppycock. It's, there is just not evidence of that any longer. I get it. Those days are, have long passed us. Then you've got to look yourself in the mirror and say, Greg Roman's 
never done what we're looking for this backup quarterback to do. That's not, I get, that that's, doesn't mean he shouldn't be able to. And, and it's not fully true because you're pretending as though Tyrod Taylor never got hurt. You're pretending as though there were never moments where someone else played quarterback in a situation where Greg Roman was. Overwhelmingly, he's done this. No question about it. And sure, overwhelmingly, you presume no matter who the quarterback was, they're going to run the ball. Like That's what they're going to do. They're going to look to run the ball. The question becomes, can you have a quarterback that is a threat to throw that forces defenses to stay honest? I'm I'm going to keep dancing around it. There is no correct answer. There is no here's what you do in this situation. There is no here's the guy you go get or here's the perfect. None of that exists. It, it just doesn't. I'd love for it to. I'd love for that to be the case. It doesn't. And could it bite the Ravens in the ass? Yes. 100% it could bite the Ravens in the ass. But I can't solve it for you. The that's, that's where they are. They can't solve it. The best hope that they can have is that they can continue to coach up Tyler Huntley and that there is some skill set that somebody hasn't seen that they're scratching the surface of and that Lamar Jackson plays all of the games. I mean, that's the hope. That's, that's all I can tell you. Like, that's where they are. As far as I do think they'll monitor, I do think they'll look at what's out there. I won't be remotely surprised if at some point they decide to bring in some sort of veteran. It won't surprise me one bit, given the circumstances, especially if Lamar Jackson remains unvaccinated. Like if, and that might be something that's quiet that we just don't know about. Like if he chooses to get vaccinated, that might change a little bit of the thought process. That 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 reins back some of the risk if that ends up being the case. But it's all something they've got to measure. And from Dan, uh, Dan says, Glenn, surprised you haven't talked about the taunting thing. Did you see it over the weekend, the joke of a penalty? So what was that, the Lions game? It was, yeah. Um, and I don't even know who the running back was that, that carried yeah. defenders with them. For, it was like a fourth, fifth string running back that's not going to be on a football team. Um, that carried defenders with him for 14 yards, and he was very excited about it, and he got up and... He said something, and he got this flag. So there's going to be an emphasis. Did we ever reach out to Pereira? Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten in touch with him. I can try again. That's weird. That's very weird. He's normally very good. Um, uh, so there's going to be an emphasis from officials about this. It's going to piss us off, inevitably. It makes no sense why this would be something the NFL would choose to to, to emphasize in 2021. You hope it's just them trying to make an example as far as what they are trying to cut down on, and then when the games matter, and have some They won't some actually discretion. throw the flags. Yeah, but that doesn't it normally sort happen. sort of in, happen with pass interference? It doesn't normally happen until end of the season. It doesn't normally happen until it looks something, something changes a game early on in the season. It becomes what everybody is talking about on all of these stupid shows for a couple of days, and then there's this panic. Again, Brandon Yuri comes back, and there's this panic at the disco. Jeff Lurie, too. And then, right, no, I don't think he's been involved. Um, and then they decide to to change. Theo Fleury, I do think, however, has mm, been involved yes. a great deal. Um, look, I, it's stupid. It's, it's incredibly stupid. It's a it's problem that didn't need fixing. 1,000% not something they needed to emphasize. This has not been something that has... And you know the difference between taunting that's over the line and stuff that's just kind of competitive jabbering but i don't like i don't even know what taunting over the line is like if you are literally like if you do a a really hard hit 
and then you like are yelling down at the guy. Yes, if somebody's injured and you're right. standing over them, that's a different thing. But I don't even know. Again, that reflects on you. You do and three pumps in the end zone. That's yeah, it's also a, you shake it twice, you're okay. Shake it three times, you're yeah. playing with yourself. I get the entire concept. There's just nothing here. I don't know who's turning off a game. And I, if it's if they are, I don't know that it's the audience that you want anyway. It's, it's so negligible that it's not it, going to it, affect it, the bottom it, line. It goes back to the thing. If somebody is actually turning off a game because someone is excited about a play that they make, I don't think they're the audience that you want as a league. I talk about this constantly with, like, um, you know, uh, somebody hosts a pride night and people are like, well, I'll never watch this team again. And the teams have made a calculated decision that they don't want those people anyway. They've said, good, we have weeded out fans we don't want. You're, you're more of a problem. We don't want you around. So, au revoir, goodbye. We, we, it's not just that we don't care. It's that we're glad. We're glad to have used this opportunity to get rid of you because we don't want you around. I would almost say this should be the same thing. If you're someone who's like, I, I can't watch football anymore because all these guys ever do is celebrate. You see that guy a moat? Then I don't think they should want you. Instead of, not just should they not be emphasizing rules towards your best interests, I don't think they should want you to be a fan of the product. I think they should purposely use this as an opportunity to say, don't think this is for you. I don't think you're the guy that's going to be spending money. I don't think that you're going to be the guy that's, or the gal that's going to be invested. I think it's a good time for you to go and should use that as the way to do it. Play some sarcastical. Yeah, correct. Go go that round. Go enjoy that. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by... This one's brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill is hiring. I know it's been a difficult couple of months. Really, I'm talking about difficult 18 months at that point. He didn't take that water bottle with him on Friday. Is that Jack's? Young Jack. That was his. That was his water bottle that we gave him kindly. Still here in spirit. He took a lot of things, but he didn't take that. Jerk. I think he didn't love us at all. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Then stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager, and management opportunities are available. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. When we come back in, we're going to chat with Paul Fritchner. He's the play-by-play voice of the Bowie Bay Sox. Lots of things going on within the Orioles system. We'll talk about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kings Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding 
damage, call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the fresh food fest, beer, wine, and spirit showcase, and so much more. Come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, October 14th through 17th. Buy your tickets now at MarylandFiveStar.us with the number five. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. It's Window Nation's 15th year anniversary. During August, all customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free. That's correct, a chance to win free, top-of-the-line, energy-efficient Window Nation windows installed by experts with over 15 years' experience that will keep your home cool during the summer months and warm during the colder months. If you don't win, get half of your windows free with their buy two windows and get two free deal. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. A live performance by all-time low. Plus, watch the Ravens-Raiders game on the Ravens vision boards. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff in order to get your tickets. They're just 10 bucks. Free parking, 10 bucks. The day of the event, they go up to 20 Get them right now. 10 bucks for an awesome event. The Ravens countdown to kickoff party on the 13th. Lots of. Uh, by the way, you know what? Uh, I, somebody asked me if I what I was watching on the plane. I didn't watch anything on the plane. I was reading the Roger Federer book because we're going to have the author come on later on in the week. I did, however, um, one night while I was gone, I got to the gym and I watched the um, the Val Kilmer uh, documentary that's on Amazon. I believe is where it is right now. It's heavy. It's really fascinating. Um, I I would I would recommend it. It's 
it's really good. It's it's a really really good watch. I think it's just called Val is all it is, and like it's his son voicing it because if you don't know, Val Kilmer has uh, throat cancer, and and lost his voice in the process, so his son does the voice throughout it as sort of the you know as Val Kilmer. It's really really good. I would encourage you to take a look at that when you get the chance. Uh, we make a trip to Bowie every week to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. This week we're doing a little bit differently because there's been a lot going on. We just need to figure out who's on the team at this point, all of the uh, moves that have been made within the Orioles system this week. Joining us now, the play-by-play voice of the Bowie Bay Sox, Paul Fritschner is back with us on GCR. Paul, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Fellas, thanks for uh, having me on. I appreciate it. How you guys doing today? Everything is good. I guess let me start with you. How good has it been to just be able to like get back out on the road and like broadcast games for real again? Decent little team too. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. I uh, I was just as you guys were calling. I was just finishing packing my bag, going up to Reading today. Yeah. So so I went to Richmond two weeks ago. The weekend series for that. Um, I didn't go to the first three games. The last three games I was at, and then. Went up to Somerset for the full series and then uh, be in Reading this week. And then we're home for two weeks and then Harrisburg. So we only have two road trips left, Reading this week and then Harrisburg in three weeks. So it's crazy how fast everything's coming down to the end. Only five series left. Uh, but the, the particular difficulty, I have, I have done uh, – I've been in the studio trying to do MLS games in the past. Like I was doing DC United on the radio from the studio year before there was a COVID when it was just about being cheap. Um, I was doing them from the studio and it was like one, it was only the camera angle that was available on the broadcast. It wasn't like people see some of the setups at the major league level where like the monitor in front of you has nine different camera angles of the ballpark and you can see who's warming up stuff like that. I'm guessing you didn't get that at the double a level when you were doing road games. (laughs) No. So when Adam and I did the games from Prince George's stadium, we would just sit in the press box and I would have my laptop up in front of me. And we just did it off of the MILB TV. Yeah, feed. that stream, and, right? And, and some teams had better feeds than others. Some teams were great. Some teams were serviceable. And you know, when you look at it at the AA level and above, you have to have a, an MILB feed. So that was at least good for us because if you look at Del Marva, before Del Marva was traveling, I was talking to Sam down there, and he wasn't able to do a bunch of games because at his level, not all the teams had an MILB TV feed. So at the very least, we were able to do every game. Every Bay Sox game this year has has been been broadcasted by either Adam or I. So that's been good. Um, I've missed six games. Adam has has helped out with that. And Adam and I, of course, we've been doing all the games together. So it's been been a good year on that end. But as far as the remote thing goes, yeah, it, it was tough in the beginning of the year really getting adjusted to it because you know, I, I remember specifically there was one time, I can't remember if it was the first, second series of the year, it doesn't matter, but it was early in the year, and it was one of the biggest pitches of the game, or whatever game we were playing in. It was like the bottom of the eighth inning, and the bases were loaded, tying run on second, go-ahead run on first, and they zoomed in on our pitcher, like to give a beauty shot of the pitcher, and then he threw the pitch, and the camera never zoomed out, and then everybody all of a sudden was just walking off the field. And so I'm, you know, gearing the pitch up and everything. He throws the pitch, and then all of a sudden the inning's over, and the next thing you see is everybody in the dugout. So I'm going, all right, well, uh, you you have to tab over to the MILB, you know, the game day feed and try and figure out what happened, strikeout, you know. So that's the kind of thing. But as as it got 
farther into the season and we were all, you know, all of us minor league broadcasters were talking to each other, we kind of realized, like, you don't have to do it right on time in the sense of if you're 10 seconds behind since you're doing it remotely and you don't have the sound from the stadium, because that's the other thing, too, about the Major League game, is that they're drawing the sound from the opponent's stadium when they're doing the games remotely. We're just piping in fake crowd noise from my right, phone. Right, right. So you're, you're not hearing a crack of the bat, and then all of a sudden you're 10 seconds behind. So if we're 10 seconds behind to figure out what happened, that to me was better than sitting there going, well, I don't know what we happened, think. which right. is what we did at the beginning of the year. Right. That's rough. That's rough. Um, yeah. It even happened uh, It happened to, uh, to Jeff when they were doing a game, and the power went out in the booth. <laughs> and they yeah. lost their monitors uh, at the major league level, and they were like, "Welp, um, all right now, let's see if we can't pull up something on our phone and make it work." All right, yeah, uh, well, it, yeah, it, it, it's funny. Just one thing off that, it's funny because the very first game I did on the road in Richmond, uh, the power went out, or the internet rather, went out three innings into the game. So I, you know, I'm finally <laughs> all season. You're like, "Oh my god, I'm on the road! I'm on the road!" three innings into the game and i was out in the stands just watching because i was like well it's nothing There's, to do yeah, here you can't broadcast the game you're calling back <laughs> you're going back to adam and saying hey are you in front of a monitor somewhere <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can pick up for me paul fritchner is with us uh here on gcr Bowie bay Sox play-by-play voice Paul, uh, I know, you know, I, look, you guys knew that at some point Adley Rutschman wasn't going to be with you anymore because that's the way these things work. I'm sure they were sort of selfishly hoping that it could last until the end of the season just because, you know, where he is, there's a little bit more magic there. The Adley Rutschman experience, um, knowing that you, you came to this job, knowing that he was going to be a part of it and all the hype was going to be there, how did it meet your own expectations getting to see Adley as much as you did during the course of the year? Well, it was fantastic. I was nothing short of, of spectacular, right? I mean, the crowds, you talk to guys around the team with the Bay Sox, the, you know, the coaching staff, everybody, and they talk about how into it the crowds have been this year. And I, I compared it the other day on the broadcast. You're talking about a minor league crowd. It's not a bobblehead crowd, right? This is a baseball crowd that we've seen at the Bay Sox games this year. And it's because all the Orioles fans are coming out to see the future of the team play and there was none better to watch the future of the team than when Grayson Rodriguez would pitch to Adley Rutschman at home. I mean, that those were the games where you really felt the energy in the stadium at its peak. And being able to watch Adley every day, I mean, he played every single day. The only two games that he missed were for the Futures game. Every time you'd put in the lineup, you knew he was somewhere in the lineup. He never got a day off. And you know, when you look at that and you look at the production that he had through the season, and yeah, you're right. I mean, this is my first year in affiliated baseball. I've been around baseball for a while. I've done independent baseball, but this is my first year in affiliated ball and coming right into it with one of the best teams in minor league baseball, the best team for a large part of June in minor league baseball, and then, you know, kind of tailed back a little bit as guys got hurt. But either way, you look at what Adley did through the year to bring crowds out, to get fans involved with the game, to get people, the Orioles fans, caring about things and giving them hope uh, for the future of the team and everything like that. I mean, it was incredible. And, and what he did defensively, too, not just with his bat, but defensively, behind the plate, calling a game, the leadership. It, he wasn't somebody that just went out there and was the number one prospect and you know, he you knew he was the number one prospect, and he knew he was the number one prospect. The guys around the team loved him. 
there was nothing like that that would give off a vibe that he was better than everybody else. He, the guys on the team loved him, um, and uh, it, it was just fun to watch because when you get a guy like that that can create so much buzz and attendance and social media interaction, I mean, in the month of June, the social media interactions for the Bay Sox were like four times higher than they had ever been sure. in the team's history. And sure. it, you're looking at that. MILB TV numbers are through the roof this year. Everybody paying attention to the Bay Sox games, and it's because there's so much talent on the team. And even now you look – you look the other night against Richmond. This is a perfect example. Uh, in our game on – I believe it was Saturday. could have been Thursday. Either way, they all run together, right? Uh, the Patrick Dorian was the only player in the lineup that had played against Richmond in May that started in a game in May against Richmond that was still in the starting lineup on hmm. whatever it was Thursday. Hmm. Now, Caden Grenier had a day off, same with Chris Hudgens, but still, like, there's been so much turnover, but the Bay Sox production's still been there, and Adley Rutschman was always consistent with that. And he hit 271, all the home runs, the defensive work. He was special, guys. Did you – there was there was a number floating around. I don't know what the numbers ended up being because this was from weeks ago, but there was a number floating around about, you know, how Adley was hitting when he was catching versus when he wasn't catching, right? And the, and the numbers at the time – and, again, I'm, I'm thinking of I, – I wish I could pull up the tweet right now. This was about a month ago. At the time, it was a, it was a significant difference. Um, yeah, I, I have the tweet actually right here in front okay. of me if you get me – Two seconds, I can find it. Um, yeah, so I, I think the thing is, it, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit tough to compare that, just because you know he didn't have as big of a sample size, right? But yeah, in in t- 228 plate appearances a catcher, he hit 244 with 11 homers, and uh, as a first baseman and designated hitter combined, and 130 plate appearances, about 100 less. He hit 324, so 80 points higher. Uh, his OPS was about 200 points higher. He had seven home runs and 24 driven in with 15 less strikeouts. So 100 less plate appearances, but, you know, you're hitting 80 points higher. Right. Um, you know, so take that for whatever it is. And that's the, and, and that's the thing that, I, that I'm trying to make sense of, right, Paul, is – I think the answer is, well, we don't worry too much about it. As you point out, it's still a fairly small sample size. It's not the end of the world. I tried asking Adley a little bit about it, and, you know, I, it, it's not dumb guys can figure out, hey, you got a little bit more going on when you're catching than when you play these, other, you know, when you're playing first base or you're <laughs> DHing. And so, you know, maybe there is something to it. I, I don't know if it's something you panic about. I think, I think part of, of what Orioles fans are deciphering is, is Adley Rutschman truly going to be two great players? That's the belief, right? He can be this eternally great catcher that can make a pitching staff better, can be the best defensive catcher you've ever seen, and can be this middle-of-the-order, you know, ridiculous hitter that we're talking about getting two great players for the price of one. Can he really be that guy? All I can say is, like, it's something I'm probably going to be monitoring a little bit. I'm not panicked about it. It doesn't make me less excited about Adley Rutschman or – unworthy of being the number one overall uh, prospect in all of baseball or anything along those lines. But I, I don't think it's nothing either. Is that a fair way of saying it? No, I, I think you're right. But I, th- I think the way you look at it is that his ability behind the plate is too good to pass up, right? You don't, you don't trade what he does behind the plate for a little bit more production just 
to put him at first base or to put him at DH. I don't, I don't think you do that. He is way too talented of a catcher. He's, he's too special of a defender to be able to move him anywhere else. There's so much value in having a guy like that to be able to play that well behind the plate, work with your pitching staff, give your pitchers comfort knowing that they can throw a ball in the dirt and it's not going to get by the catcher. All of those things combined, I think, are way too valuable to move him out from behind the plate permanently. Now, maybe there's some value in putting him at first or in the D8 spot. Uh, you know, yeah, every few days, break, right, yeah. But, 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 I mean, that's normal. But I, I just, from watching him every day and the way he interacts with his pitchers and the way he handles the game and all of that and the difference between when you see Rutschman do it and when you see other guys do it, 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 it just to me, it, it wouldn't make sense to me to move him out from behind the plate permanently. I, you drafted him as a catcher. You want him to be your, your cornerstone there behind the plate, and I, I think that's where you leave him. But that's just my opinion I, from watching him in 80 games. I certainly, at, at right now, I 1,000% agree, right? And it, yeah. does there become a point at which you consider that? I don't know. But no, today it's it's not a thought that I'm having. It's just something I'm monitoring. That's all, right? Like that's all I'm saying is I I don't think it's nothing. I think it's something that you'll have to watch. And, uh, and you know the other thing that I'm going to be really interested in, even maybe more so than the catching and and the position playing, is whether they keep him as a switch hitter. Sure. Um, because I mean he hit for average he hit way better as a right-handed hitter. But again he had you know, 270 plate appearances as a left-handed hitter, only 88 as a righty. But he had 240 as a lefty and 371 as a righty. His OPS was almost four or 500 points higher. You know, all of that, that combined. Now, I think his raw power was way better as a left-handed hitter. I think there was a little bit more going on as a right-handed hitter, you know, just in the swing and everything like that. I think just the natural raw power, the big, light tower home runs that you saw from him came from the left side. So, you know, I, I'll just be interested to see as he moves up, do they concentrate him on one side of the plate or do they leave him as a switch hitter? All right, so we know Adley is gone now. When the Bay Sox come home next week, who's there? Who's There's been so much that's happened, and I've been away, Paul, these last few days. So I've even missed some of it. There has been so much movement who is still there? Who are Orioles fans coming out to see at Prince George's County Stadium next week? <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is I'm still waiting on all of the official confirmation on who's actually going to be on the roster today. Uh, there's there's still potentially a little bit of movement Jeez. today that, that we're waiting to figure out. So, But, I mean, you look at the moves that Rockabaco reported yesterday. I mean, we're potentially looking at a roster – that has 15 to 16 moves that I got to make here in the next few hours <laughs> with guys being added, guys being released, you know, Tyler Irwin and Seth Mejia's brain rock reported that they were re- released earlier. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe potentially guys being sent down, promoted, whatever. Um, but, you know, it, as far as guys that are here right now that I can say for sure, um, you know, Kyle Stowers is still there yep. in the outfield. He's been fantastic. Zach Watson's been on a power tear lately. Caden Grenier, um, he's been real hot in the last week, which has been great because he's really struggled with the strikeouts a little bit, but he's turned that around in the last week. Um, Toby Welk, Pat Dorian still playing really well. I remember Pat Dorian looked like Babe Ruth back in May, um, and he's still playing well. So 
all those guys. And then you look at the pitching staff, too. Grayson's still there. Uh, Kyle Bronovich, Drew Rom just promoted from uh, high A Aberdeen. Um, so, you know, all the way down the list. It's uh, it's going to be a very very different roster when the team comes home. Well, really today, but yes, by the time the team comes home next week, I mean you're going to be looking at a team that has almost entirely changed. And so, and and reportedly might include the likes of Jordan Westberg and JD Mundy and Garrett Stallings. So I I know that some of that's still got to be made official, but um, some exciting guys that could be coming down the stretch. Uh, yeah, and they, and they had talked about they had talked about uh, moving Westberg. I, I think it was Steve Molesky yesterday had talked about um, them wanting to put Westberg uh, as the everyday shortstop. Which right. Kaden Grenier has been there every day. I mean, he's played and he's started sixty nine games at short uh, this year, and maybe they move him over to second. And Grenier's maybe the most talented defensive shortstop I've ever seen. Wow! Um, wow! I mean, he is. He is spectacular. He is – it's hard to put into words how well he plays defensively at short. And if he can get the back going, I think that's what he really needs um, to kind of progress his career. But there's nothing he can't do in the field. He makes Derek Jeter cross the body throws from the outfield look like nothing. Um, he is really something special to watch at short. But maybe they move him over to second as they want Westberg in there at short. So we'll see. Uh, how that all plays out, but yeah, it's it's going to be a very different team when the team comes up. And obviously, you know the the situation with Westberg and and Gunnar Henderson and and wanting to see who which of those guys could be the shortstop of the future. And well, you know, it's a good problem to have, I guess, is what you say. These are <laughs> these are these are first world problems uh, potentially for the future. All right, That's exactly right, uh, Paul. What what should we be plugging? As we mentioned, teams home next week, uh, events coming up, things that people need to know about with the Bowie Bay Sox. Well, you know what I will say is that three out of the last four weeks of the season are at home, and it's a huge stretch of games. Right now the Bay Sox are tied for the second playoff spot. This year it's a best three out of five. It's just the top two teams in the league by winning percentage, so it could be the top two teams from our division, the top division, doesn't matter. Um, It's just the best two teams by winning percentage. And in the last three weeks at home, you have – Erie, who actually just lost uh, Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green, um, two of their top prospects in the Tiger system, went up to AAA. But then the week after that, you have Somerset, who Bowie's tied with right now for that second playoff spot. I, I think it's Somerset. It might be Portland. Uh, but I know Somerset is coming in yes. town in two weeks, yeah. and that is a huge, huge week. I mean, that's the kind of the week that determines the season. Um, so, t- you know, tons of that kind of stuff as far as baseball goes coming up. Uh, I know they're they're releasing the prom- promotional schedule here soon, so just keep an eye out on BaySox.com. But a lot of good baseball guys getting called up from Aberdeen. You know, still Grayson Rodriguez still there to make some home starts. So plenty of chance. I mean, you have thirty percent of the home season still left in the last five weeks. So. Uh, plenty of chances to come out and see some really high-quality guys on the base. And that includes being home for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of Labor Day week, or yeah, of Labor Day weekend too. So that's a great yep. opportunity for you guys to get down fireworks, there. all of that coming up. So awesome. it, it'll be a it'll be a fun close to the season. At Paul Fritchner on Twitter is how you give him a follow. Paul, appreciate it. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed doing this all season. Look forward to co- talking to some more guys in the coming weeks, and appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, man. Fellas, it's been great working with you guys all season. Hopefully we keep up, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Paul.
Paul Fritchner, play-by-play voice of the Bowie Bay Sox. Again, lots of moves. Um, and again, the bummer being, you know, Adley Rutschman getting called up for them. But, you know, Jordan Westberg coming along uh, could be very exciting for Orioles fans, especially if, you know, Grayson Rodriguez is making a start. Um, a great opportunity for you to see still you know. some of those top guys, even though it won't be Adley Rutschman as he's gone on to Norfolk. But if you happen to be down in the Virginia Beach area, maybe you'd make a stop in and uh, see him down there. Did you think that Kowser belonged in Delmarva or Aberdeen? There was some it's discussion that maybe it's the they should way that it works. Aberdeen, but I tend Why? to think I don't know because they think he's an advanced hitter and all that. But I you know, ultimately, I think it's ultimately they just can, the way they it can goes, do right? that at the beginning of next year. You know, like you can do that. I you, Adley Rutschman didn't skip past low A ball. Like mm-hmm. like the guys don't skip past. This is this the way the system works. Like you you bang around down in Florida for a couple of weeks and then you go play low A ball and and you go from there. Um, it was just different at the time because there was two low A levels and so you actually had to graduate from one to the next. Now. There's only one low A level. You you go right from Delmarva to Aberdeen. In the past, it was Aberdeen. Then you go to Delmarva, and then that's how you get to Frederick. Um, and you're still at the single A level at that point. So it makes the opposite of sense for him to have have skipped. You know, in the, what would have been in the past two levels um, to go right to Aberdeen. You you'd go and you ease guys into professional baseball that way. And if they show, then you move them up quickly and you go from there. But think it's his way, their way of saying they expect him to be at the high A level next year, and if he has a solid season, he could maybe get caught up double A by the end of next year and, and start moving that way. All right, today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Uh, John from Little Rock, a little bit earlier on. Uh, how long do you expect the tanking to last? How can anyone be optimistic about this process until we see actual progress? Apathy can kill franchises. How are you defining progress? Well, I mean, at the major league yeah, level that's, specifically? That's... that's the, no offense, but like the... And I don't, mean, I don't even know who I'm offending by saying this. The, the stuff that we are talking about at the minor league level... It's progress. 80, it's just 80 per, different. 80% of baseball fans don't give a rat's ass. Okay. You know, like, they just don't. We're but talking... that's still the only progress you could expect to see currently. Well, that... But that's until not... Until Rutschman and them are in the major league level. But it's also not definable. Like, we can say, well, hey, you know, Baseball America says we have the number two system in baseball. Well, if Emily Rutschman was on the major league level today, I don't know what that would look like. We have no clue exactly what that means. There's no way of defining progress at any other level. We think, this is a Tommy boy, this is a um, guarantee fairy situation, we want to feel better when we sleep at night. We don't want our daughter to be missing. So we like the fact that there are people who think that the Orioles have more talent in the minor leagues than they had previously. We like that. That's a good thing. But that has no- it really does nothing in terms of does this mean the Orioles are going to be good in 2023? Does this mean the Orioles are going to be good? That's all we actually care about. The, the Bowie Bay Sox competing to win a championship does nothing for us. It doesn't, it's something for the people of Bowie. You know, I mean, like, they like that, and they did win the Eastern League a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does nothing for our Orioles fans. It's just, that's not a thing. The only thing that matters, the only actual thing that matters to the overwhelming majority of Orioles fans, and really is the only thing that should matter, is the Major League team and whether or not the Major League team is going to be good. Mm-hmm. And so 
how long do I expect the tanking to last? I, I, I said earlier, John, this... When these three guys arrive, presuming they all arrive, when Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall are here, that will provide the first opportunity for the organization as a whole to... Market to, the future? Not to market the future, no. To to take the temperature of this process. Those will be the first returns that matter. If those three guys come here and are mediocre players or good players who don't make... If, if Adley Rutschman in his first two seasons, if we presume he's up next year, if through two seasons, he's... You know, Matt Weeders at best. There's going to be a lot of awkwardness. The If we get to the end of the 2023 season and we have not seen those three guys specifically get up and make an impact, and, and that leaves a lot of gray area. Does it mean that, you know, like D.L. Hall's dealt with injuries this season? Mm-hmm. Does, do injuries make things more difficult? Do they are they not here for some reason, or are they not are they here and just guys? Which doesn't mean that they couldn't become players in the future. There is a lot riding on those three players. They have to get here, and it has to work because that is a microcosm. With no offense, the rest of the guys that are in this system are not thought of in that way. They don't exist. Those prospects are not in this system. Well, once there upon are, a time, right? There are DL plenty Hall of guys that can... low, low top 100 guy, and you know you have Gunnar Henderson sitting there now, and Westberg on the fringe. If they were to have, there was way more thought of DL Hall immediately. I get that immediately than was thought of these next guys. Not to say there's nothing thought of these guys, but immediately there was more thought of of those guys than are thought of of this group that we're talking about. Um, and of course, there's international guys that you could hope nope. to see gains with and that, stake that's, out that that's claim, a different, but it's all hope, It's a different conversation. I'm talking specifically about the system, whether it's working, and whether you continue it. It has to bear fruit by the end of the 2023 season mm-hmm. at the major league level. If it doesn't, if you get through 2023 and there's no fruit, I'm not saying they have to be good. I'm not saying the Orioles have to be contending by 2023. They have to show that they have produced real major league talent by the end of the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. If they don't, there's really no path forward, which doesn't mean that there might not be more talent coming or doesn't mean that even the guys that are there might not become major league players. But to invest for that long into this process and to have no major league fruit from the guys that mattered from your guys that you scouted, you drafted, you developed. You don't get to take credit for John Means. You don't get to take credit for Cedric Mullins. Wasn't Grayson drafted by Duquette? Grayson might have been, but developed mostly since the Orioles system has changed. Actually, both he and Hall might have been drafted by Duquette. So that's you're right. But still, they've come up through the system Mm -hmm. since it's been your – you've made overhauls, since you've decided what you wanted to focus on – in that system. It's going to be problematic. There's no getting around it. It's going to be a real difficult thing to go back and say, but we're going to keep going to the well. 
that's also difficult to define, right? Like, how many home runs does Adley Rutschman have to hit in order to say, you know, it's working? It's not easily defined. There could be a bit of gray area there. But there must be fruit at the major league level. It's easier to find for the pitchers, I think, ultimately. It's certainly easier yeah. to find. It, well, as it long is. as as long as they Not get up to here. find defined. It's yes. it's it's if Grace Rodriguez hits the majors and as a five ERA, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's gonna even even if somebody says, well, just give him time. No, I mean, there's no reason to nope. think that he shouldn't be successful when he reaches the majors this, the way he's pitching right particularly now. Particularly with the pitching, these guys have to work. Mm-hmm. There isn't a next group of guys. I mean, Grace Rodriguez is the top pitching prospect in all of the minors. You can you can come up with a world in which. They could survive Adley Rutschman not being a great offensive player, but being a really great catcher, being Matt Wieters. You could, so it's you more, could there's, more, there's more definitions of a good offensive player in baseball than there is a good uh, pitcher. Probably true, too, but you could squint and get your way through that in this system if Jordan Westbrook. Joe Maurer was incredibly Gunner valuable Henderson. hitting only 15 home runs a year for the well, no, but he, but he, Okay, that, that's a different thing, too. The idea that Adley Rutschman would get here and hit 340 is is not that's not that's so impractical 380 right like yeah that's that's a that's a stretch too i mean, I mean frankly, that, that's a stretch too somebody getting on base that much without being a power hitter without pitchers having to respect them as a power hitter seems really unlikely it's not impossible seems, though. you say it's not impossible but it's so in the margins that it's not really worthy of of spending the time on like in order to be respected that way as a hitter you have to prove that you're that type of power bat um to be able to it's it's just not the there's nothing there there's no there there but that being said there are still many ways to define this and so i i can't give you the answer and if you're pissed off and you're frustrated you're pissed off and you're frustrated if if like i think most of you are you're just apathetic you're just apathetic i apathy can be cured by by winning at some point we've seen it already and this market was alive in 2012 and 2014, despite how miserable it was, apathy can always be cured by winning. I would argue that it's better to have anger than apathy because at least people still care, but it doesn't matter. Winning cures really does cure everything, but they've got to win, and that is not a given. There are people that still cling to the when the Orioles are good. I have no idea if the Orioles are going to come out of this being good. I can't tell you that. I hope. And I think they have a chance. But I don't have confidence in it. As we said, this thing, all of this started in a really bad way for the Baltimore Orioles. The Manny Machado trade is an utter bust. Ryan Bannon's killing it lately. Bust. He's up to 167. God, got to get him here quickly. It's an utter, utter bust. Losing a minor league season was it? It's bad. It has started very badly, and it makes you wonder whether or not it will ever turn into what you wanted it to be. But we'll find out. And in the meantime, we know what they're doing. We know what they're attempting to do, and they're still not better off winning ten more games. You want to say they're better off signing a bunch of guys this off season? going all in to get Carlos. You want to have that conversation about what the Orioles should be doing as a team? That's fine. But what makes no sense is 
They're bad, but they shouldn't be this bad. Nonsense. If you're going to be bad, you should be really bad. Mm -hmm. It helps in no way to be just under 500. That does nothing for you as an organization. All right, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Tidbit brought to you by Window Nation. Right now, Window Nation celebrating their 15th anniversary. May there be 150 more. During August, all customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free. Or buy two windows and get two free. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. So, 12-game losing streak for the Baltimore Orioles. Yes, is what it is. They have a negative By the way, really quickly, uh, Jamison Hensley from ESPN reports that Marlon Humphrey is dealing with a mild sprain. It's not considered serious. Well, good. Thumbs up. Negative 77 run differential in that 12-game losing streak matches the worst run differential by any team in a 12-game span in the modern era, which, for those wondering, that dates back to 1900. So they're making it count. They are indeed the worst right now, yeah. and, well, that is what it is. Yep. They have lost 12 straight for the second time this year. Not the only team to do so this season. Actually, it's the first time that two teams had at least two 12-game losing streaks since 1935, and they have well, two teams with active 12-game losing streaks at that. My question for you, Glenn Mm-hmm. With the Orioles having this 12-game losing streak, there have actually been eight different losing streaks of 11-plus games this season, including three teams with multiple such losing streaks. Of Say course, that one more time. There have been eight, eight different, different losing streaks okay. of 11-plus games this season, spanned amongst five teams. Okay. Three teams have had multiple 11-game losing streaks. Other than the Orioles, who are the other teams? The Diamondbacks? Yes. The Pirates? No. They haven't had a single one. Really? Really. Well, that's surprising. Isn't it? It is. That's why I'm surprised. That's why I said I was. Isn't that surprising? It's though? it's surprising is what I would mostly say. But would you say. go as far as to say it's surprising? I would say it's myself. I would go with surprising Bold. is the way that I would describe it. Un- unheard. Um, the Royals? Only one. It's like they're not even trying. The Rangers? Only one. The... The Nationals. No. The Rockies. No. The Marlins. No. The... uh, Is it a good team? Is that why it's surprising? Like, is it a trick question? I mean, it's hard to be a good team in that. I'm trying to... I don't know. I mean... Or 11 games. The Twins. No. 
They should have been better. Sure. The the Angels? No. The uh, the meet the Mets step right up and greet the Mets. No. I don't even know how bad they really are. They just can't score any runs. Yeah. Haven't had a triple in a season. The Cubs. It is indeed yeah. the Chicago Cubs currently riding a 12-game losing streak of their own. I have another trip before. By the way, they're going. They are going to play in the Field of Dreams game next year. Okay, except it's not going to be the Cardinals. It will be the Reds for some reason. Everyone loves the Reds. Also, maybe, maybe not the year to be propping up the Cubs next yeah. year as the team that get a lot of national attention. Fernando Tatis Jr. A 1,024 Did I see OPS. that he played right field he recently? Did. What was he that did. all about? He well, they got you know a lot of players on their team. I don't know. He has <laughs> 30 <it>. homers. <laughs> Just say I don't know. 30 homers and 20 steals okay. with a 1,024 OPS. The highest. They say, say 30 homers. And 20 steals with a 1.024 OPS. The highest OPS all time as it stands. For any 30 homer, 20 steal season. There are four other players to have managed an OPS above 850 in a 30 homer, 20 steal season. All of which did so in the past two and a half decades. Great. This is so specific. Um, okay. How about how about Barry Bonds? No, it wasn't really that good. Well, he was pretty good. He I'm not sure if you heard. Back then, I feel like by the time that this is spanning, mm, he was still like a year or two maybe in there. Where no, if you're saying stealing. 25 years, yeah, you're right. Yeah. If it's 25 years, I guess that only goes back to 97, 96 at this point. Yikes. Um, okay, Hauser's bouts. Jimmy Rollins? Nope. Terrible guess. Just embarrassing. Thank you. How about Mike Trout? Second place, 963 back in 2012. Surprisingly, we only had one of these seasons, to be honest. It's a little surprising. I don't disagree with that. How about Vlad? No. He used to steal bases. People forget about that. He did. Alfonso Soriano. Nope. I might not get these. We should try. It, yeah. Mookie Betts. Not good at baseball. He is good at baseball. Uh, Ronald Cunha. Yes. Okay. Eight eighty-three in twenty nineteen. How many more am I missing? Two. Sheesh. How about Carlos Beltran? No. How about... You have to give me something, man. I got nothing. These two players mm-hmm. are linked in a way. Awesome. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. and Senior. Nope. They are linked. In, Mike Messina and Ben McDonald. Yes, that's okay. correct. You got to give me something besides that. I mean, they were compared to each other. <laughs> Well, if you say that, uh, it's Mark McGuire and Jason Giambi. That's correct. It's something else, man. Give me something. 
I mean, that's pretty. No, just give me something. See, they're compared to each other. Great, wonderful. A lot of players are compared to a lot One of players. Of them supposed to be the second coming of the other. The second coming of the other. I genuinely don't know what you're referring to. Ken Griffey Jr., one of them? No. The second coming of the other. I, nothing. Just tell me. I have no idea. That doesn't help. One in the late 90s, one in the mid How? 20 aughts. That's the time frame I was working with to begin teams. with. You're not telling me something I didn't already have. I don't know. Just tell me. If I give you one, you're going to immediately get the other. If you say so. I do. And tell me who it is. In 98. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez. Who was supposed to be the next? Every shortstop that came after Alex Rodriguez was supposed to be the next Alex Rodriguez. You think I'm supposed to identify one shortstop that was supposed to be the next Alex Rodriguez? They were all supposed to be the next Alex Rodriguez. Which one? In 2015. Uh-huh. Manny Machado. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I didn't remember him. I don't remember him having that type of season, though, in 2015. That's the funny part. I just don't remember him having that type of season. Well, he did. You if, heard it here if first. If you had gone the other way, if you had said Manny Machado, that might have led me to get Alex Rodriguez. But well, that was the kicker. Every, every Alex Rodriguez, every shortstop that came up and could hit for power was going to be Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, but not many did it at the major league level, I feel like. I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe you're right about that. But like, they were all compared to Alex Rodriguez for a long time. All right, Tidbit was also brought to you today by um, uh, Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Tubular is brought to you by our friends at Sports and Social. They still have your fantasy draft package available for you right now at Sports and Social. Starting at just $250, the package includes your draft board, space for 12 people, two platters of 24 wings, four towers of beer, three orders of nachos with guacamole, and more. Plus, dynamic pricing options include massaging chairs, a model to host the draft, and even more than that, email events at sportssocialmd.com to find out more about your fantasy football draft packages. Is what's coming up tonight, totally tubular. The Orioles will try again because there's games on the schedule. They're in Tampa, and John Means drew Rasmussen, the pitching matchup there. Uh, if you happen to live in Boston or New York, you can watch it on MLB Network as well. YouTube for Blue Jays Nationals at 7, MLB Network, Red Sox-Yankees at 1, and at 7. I guess they got a doubleheader today. Didn't know that. Uh, CBS Sports Network, the Dallas Wings and Chicago Sky at 8, Washington Mystics, Las Vegas Aces at 10, Tennis Channel, the ATP, the, the event in Cincinnati, it's a big one, all throughout the day today. Uh, Seb Corda is trying to finish off. I don't even know who that is. I, I, I'm a tennis guy. I don't know who he's playing right now. ESPN Lucky for you, I do. Yeah, I know you're the guy. Jeer. Brian Finneran. I don't think it's Richard Jeer. I don't think that's who it is. It's Richard Gia. I don't know who it is. I genuinely have no idea who this dude is. ESPN2 coverage of the Little League softball semifinals throughout the course of the day, uh, starting at 4 o'clock. And the Summer League Championship tonight at 9 on ESPN, the Kings and the Celtics. There's games on NBA TV, ESPNU, and ESPN News throughout the day as well. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports. Chopped, 8 o'clock on Food Network. Good time all around. Uh, Lego Masters, 8 o'clock on Fox if you're into that. Miracle Workers, 10.30, TBS. Of course, Hard Knocks, uh, episode 2, 10 o'clock on HBO to watch Dak Prescott not throw a football, though sure. he's apparently returned to practice in a mild capacity. Who ah. knows? 
Capital One well, College there's no Bowl. Reason, there's no reason to panic. 10 o'clock on NBC. Uh, Fallon has Michael Shannon. Don't know what he's promoting, but Paris Hilton and Michael Shannon are a package deal, yeah, of course. that is true. They've done uh, so many movies. Yeah, I know. Courtney Barnett at 11.35. What is Michael Shannon plugging? Um, I think he's in a show, but I forget what it is. An HBO show, I want to say. Seth. Nine Perfect Strangers. Is that HBO? Uh, it's on Hulu. Same thing. Uh, Seth Myers has Jennifer Hudson. It's got it's got Melissa McCarthy, Nicole Kidman, Regina Hall, Bobby Cannavale. What is this thing? As long as it's got Michael Shannon, I'm it's in. Loaded. Colbert has Amanda Peet. Big Amanda Peet fan. Now, are you sure it's Amanda Peet, or is it? They don't Kobe look alike. Smolders. They look exactly they alike. They really they don't. They could be effing twins. They really don't look alike. You guys alike. are so stupid. They really do well, it's not. It's just you, really. And Stecka tried doing that bit for a little while until I literally sent him a picture. He was like, oh, you're right. They don't look alike. No, they look exactly alike. They don't look alike. It's so dumb. Kimmel, hosted by Julie Bowen, has Molly Shannon, Addison Ray, and others. And then check out the rest, glennclarkradio.com. Thanks today to they Paul Fritschner. Like. They look exactly like. Thanks to Steve Suter. And uh, thanks to uh, Chris Ruling from Grade Eights who helped us make our announcement. Tyus Bowser. The Tyus Bowser Show launches September 7th at Mother's down in Pasadena. It'll be your opportunity to get out, rub elbows with him and his guests throughout the course of the season. We're really excited about that. Plus, Grade Eights memorabilia also has the Purple Takeover coming to the State Fair with all of the current, future, and former stars of Baltimore football like Ronnie Stanley and Hollywood Brown, Adafi Owe, Lenny Moore. Go right now to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com to find out more. It's the word eight, the number eight, the word great, the number eight, the letter S, the word memorabilia.com in order to find out more. And PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser to find out more about the Tyus Bowser Show. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Irons and fires, stuff and things, emails out, folks. Boy, how are you going to miss that show? I mean, how are you going to miss emails. that show? We got emails. We've got... I'll read Glenn's inbox. We're trying. You can't miss that. You cannot miss that show coming up tomorrow. Maybe there'll be something. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, CCBC, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, the BMW Championship, the Maryland Five Star, the Bradley Nikki Nicky Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.